Oh, maybe I need a, Maybe I need a sweatshirt. Bam, we're live. Chili. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm in that. I'm in that back kitchen. Yeah, it's nice. Hold on one second. I'll leave you on with everybody. Oh, you're gonna leave? Leave? No, no. Just like take oh. my headset off. <laughs> you know how that makes me feel. <laughs> Sweatshirt up here. So is that a crew neck? I had this um <clears throat> I had this ex-girlfriend who told me I should never comment on the internet. It was when the internet was like mostly message boards. And I think she was right. <laughs> Cuz yesterday I made more comments on the on Instagram and YouTube than I think I've made in, I don't know, my whole life combined. We, we just feel argumentative or something? I, I did learn some shit. I just feel dirty every time I do it. It's not, I'm so much nicer in person than I am on the internet. <laughs> I mean, not that I'm not blunt in person. Yeah, but there's a different nuance when you're in person. Yeah, it's, uh, this guy wrote me a comment this morning, very thoughtful comment, four four pages long, like on Instagram. So like, you know, it took me like minutes to read. <clears throat> and uh, hey, good morning, Phil. Philip. Good morning, Jessica. Good morning, Christine. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Mr. Butter. Good morning, fight for the fittest. Oi. This is just a this is just a temporary room. I'm at the California Hormones uh, Pleasure Palace. In Newport Beach, the the place of ultimate R and R, rest and recreation. So this guy writes me. Uh, it got a, a lot of self reflecting to do this morning. This guy writes me this thing and he says, "Hey, I love your show, but I'm taking a break from it." I'm paraphrasing, by the way. I asked him if I could read it, but he hasn't had time to respond to me because I just I just got it this morning. It's basically just tearing into me. He basically says that I, he agrees with everything I say, but he can't stand my presentation because I behave like a 14-year-old boy. Fair. Fair enough. Okay. I, 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 there's no – I'm the first to say that, um, you know, I, I like Andrew Dice Clay and Rodney Dangerfield, and um, I like your mom jokes, and <laughs> I come from this era. I don't know if a, if, if a lot of people did it, but I come from this era where – we would just sit around me and my guy friends and just rip on each other. You know what I mean? It would, it would there'd be, it'd be 11 o'clock at night. Someone's parents would be asleep. We'd be in their living room, just ripping on each other. <laughs> uh, he also said that um, he thought it was, uh, oh, oh, so uh, you know, Spotify sends out all of those things right now where it says these are the podcasts. So I'm getting tons of those where people are sending me their favorite podcast list. What do you listen to the most? And every single one of them has had Joe Rogan in their group. Oh, really? Which, yeah, okay. which makes sense because he's one of the biggest podcasts in the world, right? It's like, yeah, it's you. They send them to me because they listen to this one the most. So mine's at the top. Good afternoon from the UK. You're a bunch of legends, Savon. Thank you for your unashamedly speaking the truth about events in the world, spending so much, sending so much love your way, Newts. Thanks, Newts. Cool eye makeup. Um, that's that's my favorite kind of makeup or maybe my only makeup that i kind of like i like i like uh eyeliner. I like eye, eyeliner yeah it's cool 
Do you have a wear eyeliner? I haven't, but I but okay. I if I wasn't so I mean I don't even wash my hair. I wash my feet and my cock and balls, my ass and my underarms. <laughs> the necessities. Yeah. Um and I shower a lot. I probably shower two, three times a day. Change my I'm obsessive about changing my underwear too. But I I, I get distracted. Okay. Uh so um I, yeah, so, so I, I, I own that. Then he, then he said, it went on to say it's lame that I, I talk shit about Jocko and um, Joe Rogan's relationship. When, when, when there was all that heat on Joe for a minute, one of the things that Jocko said is you know, he came on to basically defend Joe and talk about what a great guy Joe is, but then talked about his concerns about Joe's drinking and, taking of hallucinogenics and i just basically said hey uh with friends like that who needs enemies like please don't ever defend me and 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 then also talk about my shortcomings yeah throw you under the bus at the same time (laughs) and he he said you have no idea you know nothing about joe and jocko's relationship and that's true i don't know anything about it zero that's not true i know i know if i were to give it a percentage i know 0.0001 percent of their relationship so I, I'd like to come clear on that is my assessment. That still being said, I don't, um, even if I knew everything about it, I think it would get worse if I found that this guy was saying that they're really close and that they can do that to each other. It's not about being really close. If Sousa called me on the side and was like, and, and we have had some of these discussions, you know, about con- we, we, we've we've talked about the implications of other people being on the show and the, and the way I behave and, and what the what the fallout could be for those people. I mean, he he runs a business, and we talk about things that are um, can be extremely intense for people. And and I have the humor of a fourteen year old boy, so <laughs> that's why I stick around. But 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 either way, I I could I could sense this guy's passion, right? He he and and he said you he said some other stuff that like didn't didn't really affect me. But I understand speaking about four his a lot of his arguments maybe were like fourteen year old arguments. That is the one thing I don't I think I have the arguments of a three thousand year old wise man, but it comes out of the mouth of a fourteen year old boy. <laughs> but when you when your arguments are, you would never say that to Jocko's face that's like the 14 year old boy argument. Maybe you're right, but I'm, but I'm saying it on the internet. Is is that supposed to tell me that it's not true what I'm saying? But either way, I I, I really appreciated this guy's DM. Then he said that um, it was inappropriate the way I was, I was expressing my disappointment in Joe on his take on some subjects. And I haven't been really clear about it, but the really one that I was really disappointed on is the one that, that his takes around the injection. I also do want to be very clear that his apology, the way he apologized about that that reel that was put together, it is 100% true that when you say sorry for something, that you are admitting what you did was wrong. And when you admit that you do was wrong, <clears throat> you're you're supporting, not implicitly, but explicitly, that the other side was true and it wasn't true a hundred percent unequivocally. I don't know if that's the right word. It was not true. And if I apologize to someone, 
I'm also enforcing them to feel to 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 uh, basically he apologized for some racial slurs he used. He didn't direct them at anyone. He was using them in a context that what he wasn't like screaming at someone, you fucking spick. He was not saying that. And so that when you apologize for it, what you're saying is, is that all Mexicans should be offended by that word. And so you're demanding a group be offended. And, and as you guys know, I'm not a, I, I can't do that. I don't see that as being healthy at all to demand that anyone be offended about anything other than hurting children. And I don't even know if that's right, but it's where I stand unequivocally also. I, ref, I have zero tolerance for that, but the rest of the stuff, someone cuts you off, you, it's okay to experience the offense, but you should watch that. That's for you to see. When you flip someone off, what you're doing is, is you're reacting. And when you apologize, stand by. Oh, we didn't have the number up. Call it high. Sweet. I wasn't sure if you guys would have this uh, during your uh, hiatus in the uh, palace there. Yeah, um, I have everything but my shallow depth uh, camera. I'm pretty stoked. Hey, that new shot is fantastic, by the way. I appreciate it. In a little, bring it in a little tighter. That's nice. Hey, so, <laughs> excuse me. You're, uh, when you're talking about this, um, you know, you've got this kind of one standard of don't hurt kids. Yeah. I'm curious, like, where that standard comes from for you. Because, I'm assuming it's because I had kids. It's kind of like... If if all if the world if I was a twenty year if I was a twenty two year old Sevon and I was watching what was happening to the world right now I would be kind of excited because I I basically just lived I was a barefoot guy who walked around with his dog I had no possessions if the world fell into complete anarchy and chaos like what did I care sure and so sure. now yeah. I have, now I have kids and I want stability in the world and I want safety in the world to a, a much, much greater extent than I ever wanted. And I want, and I don't want kids to be um, indoctrinated. There's a guy named shit. He's dead. He had a center in Ohio. Uh, oh, sorry. Ohio, California. I'm trying to uh, Krishnamurti <clears throat> that I studied at, at quite length. And he was friends with everyone. Halil Gibran, Bruce Lee. Um, uh, um, who is the guy? Uh, all the famous people are, 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 you know, in, around uh, in the in the 30s and 40s and 50s, everyone came to him. And he and he and one of the things that he preached is you don't teach kids um, what to learn. You just make sure that they don't lose the ability of how to learn. And he had a center that did that. And I don't I, that I the indoctrination thing just really resonates with me that you don't want to indoctrinate kids. So I guess. Go ahead. Well, so. I love, I love where you've landed on so many of these positions, but the thing that is still lacking in, so your worldview to really combat all of this stuff is ultimately it still comes down to your personal feelings, right? Your personal belief on the thing. I asked what your standard yeah, right, was right right i don't think kids should be sexually indoctrinated or uh molested those yeah those are my feelings correct right right and so when when the ultimate standard is just a person's 
individual beliefs, individual feelings on something, we're going to get all kinds of crap going on all over the place. Right. Can I take it? Let me take it. Okay. I'll, I'll take a second shot at it, but go ahead. Well, so ultimately my, my plea would be, so I'm, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Okay. And one of the things that I feel like gets, um, you've got a lot of cool conversations and for some odd reasons, uh, there's tons of Christians in the CrossFit space in these high level positions and whatnot. But one thing that really goes, um, untouched with a lot of them is we appeal to a standard outside of ourselves, right? We appeal to a standard that says God created this world and he created it with a specific order. And when we step outside of that order, things don't go well, right? And so I have a belief, I share so many of the same beliefs as you, but I'm coming to them from a different position. I'm coming to them because I'm I believe in a different standard that's not just based on my feelings because I believe my feelings are very fleeting, right? Right, right, right. right. I'm with you. Yep, I'm with you. You're, you're making complete sense. So that's 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 one isn't piece it, that isn't I, it interesting that I came to these? Well, I shouldn't. I was going to say, isn't it interesting I came to these by myself? But I really didn't. That that's a that's misleading. I, I did. I listened to the the complete Bible twice on audiobook. I've listened to all sorts of different scriptures from all different faiths uh, on audiobook. Um, how about I? How about I say this? It's very clear to me from watching my own mind and how I grew up, and in my and how um, how the, for lack of a better word, how it came to me that men and women are supposed to come in union with intercourse and bring the penis and the vagina together and have sex. <laughs> I remember, I remember, I remember having those feelings and not knowing what they were. And, and, and I, and I, and I appreciate that naiveness. I remember wanting my kindergarten teacher to come home and tuck me in. And because of that, I think I grew up, my perspective on things is healthy. I didn't have anyone explain to me about sex. For me, it like grew in increments like small, small increments. Even, even when I was 60, I had the same girlfriend all through sophomore, junior, senior year. And I know she was even wondering, like she had told me we could have sex and we still didn't have sex for like two and a half, three years. And it was because I was just going at my own, my own pace. I didn't feel for whatever reason, any, any pressure. Like, like it didn't, like, I, like if someone called me a virgin, like it didn't, it just bounced off. Yeah, you're right. Um, so, 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 I think you can really, I don't think, I know you can, I, I stand firmly that if you sexualize someone at a young age, because it's such a powerful energy feeling thought inside of us, um, you'll screw them up. It's like, it's like sure. I'm going to show you this video of, of a family letting their kid drink Coke, a one-year-old baby drink Coke. And what I think that does to the human brain is um, is, is completely not understood, but insanely powerful and changes the trajectory of a child's life for the rest of its life by introducing yeah, so I, senses to them at that young of an age. Sorry, go ahead. No, I totally agree. And so this, this is another interesting one. So with, with all of the health stuff, right? So I believe as the, as the, you know, the father of my family, I have four kids, by the way. Oh, um, wow. Congratulations. You sound so young. Uh, yeah, I, I, we did have them young. Okay. <laughs> so I believe that I am 
you know, I'm, I'm leading them now. And one of the responsibilities I have is over their health, right. And over, you know, training them in the way that they should go to be able to thrive in the created order that I believe God has given us. Right. And so I think it's true that something like abundant amounts of sugar is not good for them. Right. So that's something that's true that I have a responsibility to teach them. Especially at a young age, right? So if you're if you're if you're 25 and you got stoned with some friends and you guys eat three three pallets of fucking brownies <laughs> in college, it, I, I give you I give you a pass. Three. But and, and and if you're 25 and you go through a year of watching porn, I give you a pass. But if you're an 11 year old kid who's been given an iPhone and you're watching porn and that's your introducing introduction to sex, or if you are if your parents are feeding you sugar at the age of one, you you failed you failed those kids. You you yeah absolutely. Their, so brain, get- their brains were too um poor at that time. Yeah, and malleable to uh to, to handle that. Yeah, and so I guess the difference between how how I believe that plays itself out is I have a responsibility to teach them truth, right? Right. Okay. Rather, rather than kind of just like leaving them open to, you know, freely discover things. And maybe, maybe there, you feel like there's an extra element of protection from certain things. I want to, I want to go on the offense with them. I want to teach them what is true and, and build them up and train them up so that when they are 18 or 25 or whatever it is, they can go out and they can be, they can be, what we like to say is, is a, a dragon slayer, right? Because I, w- I want them to be dangerous in a culture that um, really is, uh, is quite a danger. How, how about this? This is where I agree with you. I think it's super important that kids form an identity. And I think there's two ways they form an identity. They earn one. And, and, and that means, you know, you, you, um, you teach them the piano and by the time they're 10, part of their identity is I, I'm, I am a human being who can play the piano and you teach them that they're Christians and they build that identity that I'm a Christian. I, I, I agree with you on so many fronts like that. The thing is this, and this is, and I don't see this talked about anywhere. And this is the, this is the hard part. At some point, if you're lucky enough, you will learn the skill of watching thoughts. If you're lucky enough. And if you and then if you're extremely lucky, you will something will happen to you that is so powerful and so, for lack of a better word, hurtful, that you will have a chance to cross a path into enlightenment where you can give up yourself and see your entire self and realize that that entire identity that you built is not true, that it's built. It's a fallacy. And I, and I speak about it often saying I was given the name, the impossible task, and we were all given the impossible task of being given a name, you know, Matt Souza. And then from the second he's born to the second he dies, he has to try to keep that thing together in some sort of sane con- container, even though it's all fake. Yeah, so here's this is great. Here's the beautiful thing about what I believe. Okay, is that so? So ultimately, you're talking about kind of this this uh, it's it's self awareness, right? It's it's right. it's truly understanding the reality of yourself, right? So I or, believe, or, or I don't know if I ever fully understand the reality of myself, but I under I can see glimmers of the of the of the illusion. 
yeah. So, so I think that's true for you. And what I'm saying is, I think, I think there is clarity, right? So, I, I believe that that man is is fallen, right? We we are sinful by nature, and so what you're describing is that when we get this true glimpse of ourselves, we realize that any effort that we have to try to clean ourselves up, to try to produce something, to try to prove something about ourselves ultimately is in vain, right? It's, it's all this stuff just trying to keep up this appearance. But the beautiful thing is the redemptive story of Christ, right? So I believe that somebody has, has bridged that gap. What, what I can't do is, is accomplished in the person of Christ. And then on the backside of that, you can't, when I can you can't clean, do what he did, is that what you're saying? Absolutely. Okay. Right. I cannot live. I cannot live the perfect life that he lived, but he did it for me. Right. That's, that's, that's the beauty of, what we call the gospel. The good news is that I, I am separated from God as perfection. God is, God is, and Jesus is the personified perfection. And so in my broken and sinful state, I'm, I'm separated from that. And I, and I, I cannot attain that. Why but, accept that though? Or are you supposed to try even though you know, you know, you can't. So here's, here's, here's the good news is that in his accomplished work, I'm united with him, right? He, I, I, I have debt to pay to God, the creator. I've broken his law, but Jesus has fulfilled it. And on his back, he, he has wiped all debt. And so on the other side of that, now I have true liberty. I don't have to perform for what has already been earned for me. So now you better believe, yeah, I've got work to do. Right. Well, that's the part now, I don't that's the part I don't see. You you see that, right? The part I see is that I should be striving to do that also. Say that again. That's the part that I don't accept. I don't I don't accept that um uh Jesus did it and that no one else can do it. I don't I don't accept I don't accept the fact I, I, I can't argue my, my own limitations like that. I can't argue those limits. I think everyone should be trying to be that, 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 sure. okay, that, great. That, that, great. which this is, is, which is, which is, which is, this is a horrible word, but perfect. Yeah, no, no, no. Totally agree. I totally agree because that is the standard, right? right? This is back to where we started by, by what standard, right? And so I'm saying you've already failed that standard. Right. But right, you, but but that, and, but I don't think you should quit. Even if you fail every single day, you should still you should still pursue it. Absolutely. So the the difference is, I believe that ultimately, I I with because, any of those, I have because it makes the world a better place, and because it makes me more happy. I'm happier when I walk in that code. I'm more fulfilled. Be, be, because it is good and true and beautiful by a specific standard. So I love, I love listening to you. You're real close. You're real close. <laughs> hey, maybe I'm, maybe I'm just, maybe he's just wait. Maybe he's, I'm like a rake and I'm just trying to rake it. And God's using me like a rake just to rake up a bunch of leaves, get, get pulling some people at the same time. He'll at some point at the last minute, he'll wake me up completely and, and I get to go. Yeah, man, you're, you're, you're close. Okay. You're real close. Keep rooting for me. Caller, just out of curiosity right. real quick. How old are you? 30. Thank you. All right, brother. Thank you for the call. Thoughtful call. Yeah, man. Uh, so 
um, he, he this guy went on to say that he didn't I, that it wasn't it, some of the things I said about Joe wasn't nice. He's probably right. I, it was probably I, I'm I, I'm very uh, I'm very um, wound up around kids getting forced injections and the fact that I saw him so close so many times to stand up against it, and and that he was so close to the racism thing and 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 just couldn't cross the finish line on it. it I, I I probably have been. Um, Overly aggressive. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to ask, what do you like? Does the person who you're the commenter was somebody who messaged you, right? Yeah. Do they have knowledge of Joe and Jocko's relationship? Well, more than me, because they probably, they they listened to those podcasts. It it was the, was the implication. They didn't say that, but, and he went on to say that how basic, and then, and then he went on to this fallacy. I know this is trying to appeal to the emotional piece, but he says, who are you? Joe has 200 times the audience you do, which I think is more like 200,000 times the audience I do. <laughs> and who are you? He stands up in front of crowds of 20,000 people. And he, and he was trying to contextualize. Um, he was trying to contextualize Joe's position, but kind of beating me with a stick at the same time. But, but I get it. I, I sure I, I, I don't, you're, I don't, I definitely don't have the pressures. Uh, he has. He doesn't have the pressures I have. Yep. So, so, so I get it. I, I thought it was fair. And then, and then the last thing was that he said is, and I'm paraphrasing again, that it was below me ever even to get into it with Danny and uh, the, the whole Spiegel thing and the Wooly thing and, and the Nikki Brazier thing. The thing is this, and I, and I see it, it, it. So someone sent me a DM last night and they go, Oh, are you going to keep making fun of Matt Fraser? for owning a Stairmaster, um, even though it probably paid off for anyone who had a Stairmaster since there was that event at Dubai that was climbing 160 floors. And I wrote back to him, uh, I never made fun of Matt for having a Stairmaster. I did quite the opposite. I embraced it and have been begging dear Bill and Katie. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. So <laughs> Ever since. Yeah. And, and, and the Danny thing kind of went the same way in the fact that like I've said a hundred thousand nice things about her. Yeah. But people are only going to point out the one thing that kind of feels their argument. I, I saw a video and I'll show it to you today. And it's a guy in a garbage truck. He works on the back of a garbage truck and he's dry and he drives by people's houses. And for a living, this guy picks up your garbage and throws it in the back of a truck. And he's driving by a house and there's a very attractive girl in the garage doing overhead squats and basically her underwear and bra, like CrossFitters workout. I saw this. And he stops and looks at her. And, and he claps. There, there's some people who are going to be like, who the fuck is that creep? And it's, and it's nuts to me. That guy drives by your house one day a week for the last 20 years picking up your garbage, and now you're in your underwear in the garage doing overhead squats, and, and, and he stopped and clapped at you. So he may be right on that front too, he, that it may have been uh, below me to that because of my platform, um, even though I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fly in the metrics compared to hers, I do realize that this – I have seen also the metrics on how you guys convert. And there's no one in the space. You guys are extremely loyal to me. You're extremely loud. Uh, you're extremely, um, uh, as Patrick Vellner called me, absolutist like me. <laughs> and so 
So I get it. But those, but those were four, four points he brought up. And he, I think he said he has to take a break from the show. And then he used a line from an Eminem song, Stan, I'm your biggest fan or something like that. <laughs> anyway, I, I just thought I would give that the time of day because it was, it was so thoughtful. Yeah. And I could tell that he likes Jocko and he, he, he likes, he likes the opinions that I express on this in sh- the facts that I express on this show, but he doesn't like the crassness of it. And he thinks it was below me to even engage uh, the beacon of moral authority. Um, <laughs> my, my point on that too, that was kind of lost is I've said so many, like I, I, I wouldn't even call them nice things about her. I've made observations about her. Many around her physical skills and not just the fact that maybe she should put on a small instead of an extra small, but I don't, I, you could, I, I don't think I'm open to it, but I don't see how that's sexist at all. Like I don't see how her vagina versus a penis as any, I, I, I don't, I, 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 I don't get it. If, if someone were doing a clean in a shirt that was too big and it kept getting caught on their shirt and I would said, Hey, that shirt is too big. Anyway, uh, you know, many people have commented on my hair since it's gotten longer. I know. I keep wanting to comment on it. Ronald, <laughs> Ronald, <laughs> Ronald McDonald. Oh, I love it. Oh, speaking of conversion, uh, at the top of the comments there, we saw right as we logged in, another one is taking their L1. Heidi's getting their L1 this weekend. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, how many of those have you gotten your DM? I get them quite a bit. So I know you must get them at I get, I know, get them 10 times day. the magnitude I do. Yeah. yeah. I get them every day. Yeah. So just wanted to humble brag there for a moment as you so, called my hair Ronald McDonald. <laughs> so, yeah, even with Ronald McDonald hair, you can still uh, do good. <laughs> in the world uh yeah and yeah exactly is nick matthews gonna post about the comments yeah so anyway that that's <laughs> that's that uh now back to the normal program show of crassness and um i wanted to show start with this i didn't send you this um okay. s- I, I added this uh after Mine only go to 196 too, just a quick. Are you kidding me? Early heads up. Okay. I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to re resend you. This is uh California releases seven thousand child molesters in jail in less than a year. Sorry, California releases seven thousand child molesters in jail in less than a year. It sh- I think it should say from jail. California's reform efforts are making the state more dangerous. There are 12% more listed sex offenders in California since 2019. So when I read that, just so you guys know, that means nothing to me. Yeah, I don't. We don't know population, how many are normally in other states. And I don't trust that title, sex offender. Were they peeing on the fence outside? I don't. I don't trust. I don't trust that. I don't trust any of that. So, so I, I'm still like, yeah, all right, whatever. I, I don't see anything wrong yet. Because big tech censorship, 75% of our content doesn't make it to Instagram signing up. Oh, okay. So, okay. But, but as I read on, it says the state is attempting to hide online data uh, despite the law requiring it to be public. Now, I have looked into that quite a bit, and there is a lot of that going on. So that, that kind of gets my antenna. Over 7,000 convicted pedophiles. <clears throat> now we're talking. Now, now we know pedophiles. Those are, those are people who touch little kids. Adults have, and, and, and let's say, let's say even half of those are an 18 year old boy who 
was sleeping with his 16-year-old girlfriend and it was consensual. So we're still at 3,500, let's say. Over 7,000 convicted pedophiles, or, or vice versa, 18-year-old uh, girlfriend sleeping with her 16-year-old boyfriend. Over seven, or, or boyfriend and boyfriend or girlfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> Good, you covered all the bases. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We or, <laughs> over 7,000 convicted pedophiles have served less than a year in California prisons in violation of sentence, sentencing guidelines. So that means that this article is suggesting that letting them out even violated their sentencing guidelines. According to crime data analyzed by the Daily Mail, the report found that the average sentence is two years and 10 months. So now we know that of the 7,000 that were released in less than a year, some must be spending a significant more amount of time in jail. And then it goes on to say prosecutors blame Gavin Newsom. I don't know who prosecutors are, but prosecutors blame Gavin Newsom's policies that allow the shortening of sentences as well as the lack of prosecution from George Soros funded Los Angeles district, Los Angeles district attorney, George Gaskin. Now that shit, I believe, because I've looked into that and George Soros is a very scary man. The Democratic leaders uh, action are part of the broader progressive movement to reform the criminal justice system by reducing the prison population. Can you imagine making that a goal to reduce the prison population? That doesn't even make sense. Why would that be your goal? That's if a very goal, odd goal. If your goal were to, let's say your goal were to um, keep young men, um, have more opportunities for young men, because the vast majority of these criminals are young men. Um, yeah. And the byproduct would be um, uh, less sex offenders. Then I get it. But just to reduce the prison population, that 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 makes no fucking sense. This is complete idiocy. Yeah. Who who? It's so easy to reduce the prison population. Close all the prisons. That doesn't even make like I can do that overnight. <laughs> you can do it right now. Yeah. Put right them now. Out. There you go. And this is. And so, so right here I stop and I think, what could the Republicans do? Because I don't want to like them either. But what, what is so bad about the Republicans that it allows you to excuse this? After you see this, we talked about this with the, with the first caller, what could Republicans possibly do that would make it so that it's worse than this? I can't think of, I couldn't think of anything this morning while I was dropping a deuce. I, I, I couldn't think of I couldn't think of anything. What what did Donald Trump do? Was it the three point shots? Was it kind of like the district, like the kind of like flippancy of him when he was handing out shit for Hurricane Katrina? What, what was it said what, when he said he wanted to gra something about grabbing some girl's pussy? Is that the media is very powerful. I don't I can't think of any I couldn't think of all the bad things about him combined. Sevan, are you are you the type to drop a deuce and then jump in the shower? Yeah. <laughs> I, I am. It covered that. <clears throat> um yeah, Bruce. Yes, that that's that is my protocol. I mean, not every time I drop a deuce, I don't jump in, but that's like my morning routine. Some of the worst cases, there were 365 people convicted of continuous sexual abuse of a child. I don't know what that means. I think that means just like you were molesting the same child for years. 39 who sodomized children. I, I don't know exactly what that means, but I think that means like putting objects into their anus. It's penetration, correct. And three who kidnapped children with intent to molest them who served less than a year in prison. 
One who continuously abuses a child served a mere two days plus probation. Now, I see that and I want to think, please tell me that was an 18-year-old and a 16-year-old. And that they had been dating for five years and both parents testified that they have a, a, a relate. I hope it's something like that. Uh. Big picture, Cal- big picture, California's reform efforts are making the state more dangerous. Well, if you live here, you know how dangerous it's gotten. Basically, what happened is after George Floyd, the police uh, stopped engaging. And there's been a massive campaign in the United States to hate on cops, which is just a tragedy. Just a tragedy. I encourage everyone, no matter what your financial situation is, that when you're in the coffee shop and the cop is behind you, buy the $10 gift card. And as you walk out, hand it to the cop and say, thank you for your service. So easy. $5. Pay for his coffee. Show them that you appreciate them. When I was a kid at Christmas time, people would leave 12 pack or six pack of beer on top of their garbage cans for the beer, for the garbage collector. It's nuts. There are 12% more listed sex offenders in California since 2019. That number is massive. Yeah, double digit. It just, it, I, I just, uh, it's, uh, what a, what a jacked, uh, world we live in. I, I saw um, I saw we had a guest on the show named James Krause, who I really, really liked. I'm sending you the because uh, I think we are going to maybe start from the bottom, Sousa. OK, so I'm sending you uh, another email. <clears throat> I wonder why it does that. I wonder if it has a list uh, like a certain length and then it cuts it off. Um, uh, what uh, Caleb got them yesterday. Live call in show. All of them. Yeah, he got all of them. Isn't that a trip? Yeah. Maybe you need a new computer. I'm joking. <laughs> no, I was like, I don't know. This one's pretty <laughs> you have robust. limited you have limited bandwidth. Um robust. So so yesterday, uh I, I, I saw an article that kind of broke my heart a little bit. So there's a guy named James Krause. He's over at Glory MMA. He was on the show. I really, really, really liked him. And and uh, a couple weeks ago there was uh some talk that he was sleeping with one of the uh, UFC commentators, uh, Laura Sanko, which I don't know why that I, I guess that's news or I guess it's fun. There are people in the public eye. If I was sleeping with Laura Sanko, I, I don't know if it'd get reported. It should. Um, but, um, so, so there was that. And then he has a fighter named Derek Miner. And basically what happened is is a handful of weeks ago, Derek fought and lost the fight in the first round, even though I think he was supposed to win the fight. And it, it looked like he went into the fight with an injury, a knee injury. And then two of the provinces in Canada um, put a halt to betting on um, UFC fights. And that started the rumors that there was information that Derek Miner threw the fight. Now, I've never heard of this in the UFC of someone throwing mm-hmm. a fight. You know, you've heard about it like in the Don King era in boxing about how corrupt it is, but I'd never ever right. heard of it in um, in the UFC. And then recently, uh, I think just within the last 24 hours, the UFC basically said that uh, 
They they let go of Derek Minor. They said he's no longer a UFC fighter. And this is the crazy part. They they suspended all fighters who train under James Krause. So if you train at Glory MMA or with James Krause, you are no longer allowed to fight in the UFC. Whoa. That's pretty that's pretty stiff. They better have a lot of evidence as to his involvement with with that, right? Yeah. Otherwise yeah. you screwed over everybody who has nothing to do with it at all. Yeah. Uh, 301, there is a 83-year-old woman who is part of the royal family. I forget her name. Maybe it's Prince Sarah, Prince, Prince, Prince Susan. I, I, I forget her name. Uh, he's going to pull up Susan the article. H- Susan Hussey? Uh, and, now look at this article. It's another chapter of racism and the royal family. It's so crazy. And then you read the article and there's absolutely no racism. And, and if you guys think there is racism, please tell me, please let, let, let me know where it, uh, where, where it becomes racist. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read it to you. Oh, oh shoot. I think I, there was an Instagram page Oh, so here's here's the discussion. Go to that Instagram page. So this is an 83-year-old lady, and she was at some event that was uh, recognizing, I think, immigrants or something. Uh, Where is the Instagram page? Uh, uh, it, uh, you, oh, you, it, it's on that link. It's on that link. You can see the Instagram post. At the reception held Tuesday for organizations working against violence against women and girls who say – that's the lady who's making the complaint. <clears throat> no, no, sorry. That's the, that's the prince lady. Husay encountered Ngozi Fulani, who works for Sister Space, an organization that helps women out of Africa and Caribbean descents who have been victims of domestic violence. So this lady from the royal family, I think she was the right-hand woman for the queen, by the way. She's at an event working against violence. So she's, she's, she's at an event that's supposed to be a positive event. And she says to this lady who she meets there, and she's making small talk with there, what part of Africa are you from? Despite Fulani's insistence that she was born and raised in England. If someone were to say to me, what part of Armenia are you from? And I'd be like, well, I'm, I'm not from Armenia. And they go, yeah, but what part are you from? I'd be like, oh, my! I would know exactly right away what they meant. And I would say, oh, my descendants? Well, there was a town called Musada in Turkey, and, th- and that's as far back as my, I know my history uh, on my dad's side. And on my mom's side, it was – shit, I can't believe I can't remember. But it was also in Turkey. And then I would say – and then my, 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 my families fled from there – through on my mom's side through Ellis Island to the United States during the genocide. And on my dad's side, they fled, uh, the, the, um, British Navy, um, saved them and they, and they were placed in Lebanon. But for some reason for this lady, it was racist to ask that. I, I think it's, I think it's important to ask every, I love knowing what ethnicity my guests are. I fucking absolutely love it. I love knowing where people came from on the planet. Recently, I've been digging into the fact that Native Americans are basically Chinese people. They're basically Chinese people. 
This article is painting this lady's racist. So you know what I did? I went back and I looked at where Britons are from, where the original people from Britain are from, how they got to England. You know, you're never going to fucking believe this. I had no idea. Most Britons descend from Iraqi and Syrian men from 10,000 years ago who were farmers. Were they planted like seeds? Yes, they were planted like seeds. <laughs> d- d- uh, Corey, hi. D- dear, dear, dear people of England, I'm now going to refer to you as Iraqis and Syrians. <laughs> I mean, it's so crazy that this article is re- referencing as, as racism, just stoking the fucking fire. Are we all the same anyways? I, 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 I think so. We're all just people. Yeah, we are just all people. Yeah, who cares? Yeah. <laughs> What's up? How are you? By the way, th- that tr- that that um that thing you made was awesome, and I tried to upload it last night, and I couldn't uh, because of that. There's a um, Corey stitched together a bunch of stuff to so that we could run it as a trailer while people were waiting for the show, but it was five minutes long, and so uh, I think the, I'm trying. Yeah, I think the long. I'm, I'm trying to cut it minute. down now. Yeah, you're a cool dude. <laughs> Probably only need no, like I was just checking to see if you checking to see if you actually even like it. If not, then no, I do um, like it. I'll use it. I'll use anything. I'll use any. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll 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 use um, I'm game. Let's 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 play with it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. Yeah. That's I'll fun. I'll tweak it then, and then I'll I'll resend it in just a little while. But I'm I'm running errands and in between stuff, I have to pick up some stuff, and I figured I would check in and see if you actually like it. Then I'll actually spend my time working on it. All right. Thank you. Yeah, man. All right. Well, it, I just wanted to make sure I figured I would be able to get you and ask that question while you were live on the air right now. I'm catching up on your show. I'm watching it in 1.5 speed, so I'm getting as fast as I can to um, get to live. Oh, shit. I didn't even know you could do that. That's cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm smart. Okay. All right, Joe. Well, enjoy your show. I just wanted to call. Bye. Thanks, Corey. Later. Hey, what do you think about the whole entire... Um, and this goes back to like the article that you just had. I think just so much of this is like a distraction from other things. Like this whole Balenciaga thing, right? Oh my goodness. When the uh, George Floyd thing happened, how many um, celebrities did we come out with these like scripted productions of them crying about them, their part that they played in some systemic, like invisible racism that seems to be occurring. And then how many of them went on this big cancel thing for anybody who they associated because they were like the witch hunters now. So they're going to go out and find the anti-racist and it would, you couldn't turn your head without seeing it. There was even a whole entire like square that was posted on Instagram for a full day that everybody was like participated in. Yeah. Otherwise you were going to be deemed like, you know, a racist. But when it comes to this Balenciaga thing, how can we haven't seen the same outrage from all these Hollywood types? It's almost like they just throw, but they would rather throw this like, hey, check out the craziest thing Kanye said. Let's push this in the forefront. Let's talk about this. And meanwhile, we'll just hope that this Balenciaga thing just runs through the news cycle and nobody really starts to question it. Same it's, with like the Jeffrey Epstein, same yeah. with the Glenn Will Maxine. Like it's like the second the media or the politicians or the finance, like anytime you get the three of them and there's some sort of scandal, like all of them want to turn and say, oh yeah, but look over there. And then they'll hit these key buzzwords so people get outraged, right? Susan, maybe I'm naive, but I I don't go to, it's a conspiracy that they're all pedophiles. I go to that the subject is so fucking gross and hard to talk about. 
I mean, I don't disagree with you there, but that doesn't need that that doesn't say that we should push it to the wayside. We should bring it to everybody's conscious so we could we could shut this type of shit down. It's so deep. I, I when those I, I mean, I've chosen to try to not talk about it just because it's so. Uh, man, it it really goes down as scary. The the dots that people are connecting on Instagram of who's involved in that Balenciaga thing is. Uh, very unsettling. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. We burn down cities and everything else off this perpetuated, <clears throat> like, systemic, you know, racism and this this earn for equality. But what happens for the kids' equality? What about the kids that are being trafficked? What about the kids that are being abused? What about all this stuff that's happening at the highest level with our people in finance, pol- uh, politics, and uh, media? And yet, just kind of let it pass. I don't know. It just seems weird. And I get that it's a hard subject to talk about. I totally understand that. It's absolutely terrible. Are, are, but are you stop. following the Twitter shit that's going on right now with the, the release of uh, about uh, Hunter Biden's laptop and what Twitter did to hide that story? I'm, I'm understanding that, that they played a large role in that. Yeah, but I'm not following it that closely. I'll, I'll give you some of the points on it. Hi, caller. Hi. Oh, sorry. Hold on. Caller, hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. How's it going? I'm pretty good. I, I'm, I'm kind of in a weird space today. Why? I, I I don't know, but I'm enjoying it. It's just I feel different. Different how? I don't know. Maybe maybe it's because I'm in Newport and I'm more relaxed. Mm, just different environment. Yeah. Super I, close I, to I, the I, ocean. I feel more chill today. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought I would call and give a story to share perspective on um, the topic you guys were talking about, about that racist comment. Okay. I, I don't think it's a racist comment, but I, as an African-American female, uh, a long time ago, I traveled to Canada and I was hanging out with a group of guys and they were asking me where I was from. And so, you know, like from America, get more specific. I'm from Arizona, more specific. I'm from Phoenix. They're like, no, like, where are you from? And they were, like, trying to say, like, are you from, like, Jamaica, like, from Africa? And and to be honest, like, I don't know. So I was just like, I'm just from America. Like, I'm just Black American. Like, <laughs> I can't go any more further than that. Like, and they kept pressing. And so it's like, I get how somebody might perceive that as being racist. It's not. It's just a lack of information. Like, I wish I could tell you, like, oh, my my family's from Ghana or Nigeria or wherever. But I just, I honestly just don't know. Like, the three generations I can trace back is, like, Mississippi is, like, as far as I can go, you know? So it's, like, it's not that the question is racist. It's just some people literally don't know. Like, that person could probably only say, like, like, she's from England, you know? Right, right, right. Uh, Yeah, I, 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 I agree with you. A hundred percent. When when you looked when you look different than other people, that and or you have some sort of fucking weird name like Sevon, that's just <laughs> it's going. That's going to be just par for the course for you. That people are going to be curious. Yeah, and you just have to like not take offense when people ask <clears throat> questions out of curiosity. If someone wants, if if you're if you are um uh, if you have an afro. And you go up to fucking wherever the Eskimos are. I don't even know if they're still Eskimos. 
and you think I'll, I'll even use this. If you're a guy with one leg and you get upset when little kids come up to you and just stare. So my, my, my son, I'll even, sorry, switch stories again. Take three. <laughs> Yesterday we walked, we walked by uh, Dory's deli and I didn't, I didn't see them, but my son said, Hey, did you see those two people in there? And I said, no, I didn't, I didn't look in there. And he goes, they were smaller than me. And I go, were they adults? And he goes, yeah. And he goes, why are they like that? I'm like, I don't know. And I go, but dude, people come in all shapes and sizes. And it's like, if you're, if you're a midget and one, you, that is just going to be something you're going to have to tackle to lean into that and embrace that, that everyone's going to stare. It's, it's, it, no one is being rude. Yeah. I agree. No, no. I, I went to uh, India and I was wearing this uh, um, Warriors jersey. And I just started CrossFit and I was all buff and shit. <laughs> I was not on steroids. And people everywhere I went in Varanasi, someone wanted to touch me. Boys came over to touch me. I think that's very common Like when it comes to like the question of like people asking to touch your hair. And like some people will take offense to that. Of like, crazy. You want to ask this person to touch their hair? And like, I grew up and like people would ask. I'd be like, yeah, sure, (laughs) you know. But it's like it's also funny because there's like different. Like, obviously, all people are different. So I might be like, yeah, that's fine. You can touch my hair. Where somebody else might be like, no, you can't touch my hair. So then, and that's your prerogative too. I'm not against someone saying no. You can't touch my hair. Yeah, no, I totally get it. But I like what I'm saying is sometimes like as as being different, like you kind of have to represent that well and, and understand that the people that you encounter might have never encountered someone like you. And so it's like your opportunity to, to treat them with kindness, quite frankly, and just like not take offense to that. Um, or they had like, what's happened in this country is that everyone's encountered black people in this country and yet they, they don't have any friends or they don't ever feel confident enough or they, they, they have some fucked up victim mindset that they've never been around someone with black skin who they feel comfortable enough just to ask some fucking really naive fucking questions. That they have the right and someone has to take the time to answer those questions for them. Yeah. It's, per- yeah. it's, it's perfectly – if you're a woman in this country or anywhere on planet Earth, every day you go outside – there's someone who wants to touch you. I can almost guarantee that. There's some man who saw you who would just love to hug you. That's the nature of being a woman on a planet with men. And so and, 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 and I'm not saying that men consciously think that. I don't consciously think every day I'd like to touch that woman. But it's hardwired into us. Yeah, it's like um, it, it. I mean, it starts back. Um, do you remember? <laughs> let me ask you this, um, caller. Do you remember like, being crazy. in the se- Do you remember being in second grade and they do a seating chart, and you're like, God, I hope I can sit next to that person. <laughs> do you remember that? Or I know what you're grade? trying to say that. Like in second grade, that was the last thing I was caring about. Oh, oh. well, for me as a boy, like I like I remember that. And I, and I remember the teacher saying, don't worry, everyone will get a chance to sit next to everyone. And then the whole year passed, and I never got to sit next to Carrie Henry, the prettiest girl in the class. And I was like, <laughs> fuck. 
Fuck me. Can you tell the teacher you lied to me? No, it's just like, fuck. I'm a victim. You were wrong. I mean, he's racist. It's because I'm Armenian. Held down by the system. Oh, yeah. I remember when they would change seats, I would always get so upset because, like, I would like where I sat. Like, I always liked sitting in the front. And so then they'd be like, oh, we're changing seats this month. And I would be, like, so frustrated because they, like, put me, like, somewhere I didn't want to sit. So... I'm, I, I've never really been a fan of change. <laughs> You're a good, you were a good student, huh? Oh yeah. I love school. Like I, like, you know, when you find something that you're good at and you just like want to do that forever. No, like, but I can imagine. Student. I'll imagine, but no, I've never, <laughs> never experienced that. I just, yeah, I wish I could be a student forever. Cause I, I so bad. <laughs> well, thank you for calling in. Yeah, of course. It was fun chatting with you guys. Okay. Have a, good day. Right, have a good day. Bye. Bye. What, what's what's creepy? Just the fact knowing that dudes want to just smell you. It's, I'm just telling you. It's just, <laughs> it's just it is. You it judge is. the fact of uh, how nice she sounded that she was good at school, huh? No, when she said she didn't like to change seats. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, she because... She, yeah, because like that's the last thing I gave a fuck about. Like, all at school, I either want to sit next to my friends or pretty girls. That's it. And I'm like... For me, school was a giant. I love school too, but it was a place to be with my friends. For me, it was always just about the the off days. Like they brought in the T. Well, you remember this? They they like wheel in the TV so you can watch the VHS, or like they're like, oh, there's a fire drill today. Oh, so we all get to go outside out of context and see other kids in their other classes with their teachers, and we have an assembly today. Those are the days that I really. Oh yeah, up. that was great. I like <laughs> the they. I don't know if they when I was in school they would roll in projectors. Yeah, the, the overhead projector. No, the two wheels. <laughs> and then the t- what was cool is the teacher would have to rewind the film before she returned it. But sometimes she would let us watch the movies in reverse. So instead of pulling the film out from inside the mechanism of the of the camp, the projector, she would just and, and letting it reverse really fast, rewind yeah. really fast. She would let it stay in there. And uh, and we would get to watch the movie in reverse. That's when I knew I had a lazy teacher, but I because it would take burn another twenty minutes. But we loved it. We loved watching it in reverse. Uh, like the blockbuster things would say, "Be kind and rewind." Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. That's so awesome. so okay. So we now we know where. Uh, so anyone who is offended by that eighty-three-year-old woman trying to figure out where uh, that lady was. Uh, I, I want you to know that I did look up where uh, people of England are from, and uh, they are really uh, Iraqis and Syrians. Now you know. Doesn't take much to be offended these days, huh? No. Um, and and the reason why you don't want to be offended is because it's a never. It it, it is. It's made up. You made that up. You chose that. Like I chose. I ch- I've chosen. To not want it, to not like pedophiles. <laughs> Someone wrote in the comments. I put up a video yesterday. The the truth about the psychology of masks. And someone wrote a psychological analysis by a non psychologist. Ah, appeal to authority argument. And here's the thing. How ridiculous! If you can't watch your thoughts. You are not a psychologist, and I would argue the mass, vast majority of people who are psychologists are cannot watch their thoughts. I would I would argue that the vast majority don't even know what I'm saying. 
but you can actually watch your thoughts and you never need a psychologist. You need someone who hopefully can teach you that skill of how to watch thoughts, how to cultivate awareness and, and then point that awareness inwards at yourself. And then you can watch thoughts and you can know, you can know all sorts of crazy shit. And then you don't have to read it out of a textbook and take someone else's word for it. You can actually, and, and the mechanism of all of our brains basically works the same. There's this great line this lady says, this self-help lady says, she says, who would you be without that thought? So you have a thought, you want a tattoo, and then you, with that thought, you, 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 you hone in, you see that thought, you don't react to it, you hold it, and you look at it. And then you interject another thought, who would I be without that thought? And then it, it's, a, it's like a cockfight. You're putting two chickens in the room and you watch them fight each other. <laughs> and that one, who, you will be, who would you be without that, that thought? That one's a fucking beast. And that will smash the other thought. I'm, I look so fat in this bathing suit. Who would I be without that thought? <laughs> Your thoughts don't want light shed on them. Your thoughts are like rodents. And you turn on the light and they run. Mm -hmm. They just run. Yeah, it's the difference between reacting and responding. But you, right. You can be that you've, I don't know if you got, I live in, there's a lot of marshlands where uh, Susan and I live. California, this Western seaboard is just full of marshlands. And the, one of the most common sites you'll see every single day if you move around is you'll see these giant snowy egrets and these giant herons sitting in fields. Herons are the largest consumer of rodents in a marsh environment. And they're these huge birds. They look like little tiny pterodactyls, but they're massive. They stand like three or four feet tall. And they have these long and they just stand perfectly still. And they're just out there. And even when they move, they look like they're still. They move so slow. And what are they doing? They're waiting for thoughts. No, no. They're waiting for rats and gophers and anything in the marshland, mice, any rodents. And as soon as those things show their head, they grab it. They kind of toss it in the air a few inches from the beak and then, and then catch it. Like they always are showing off. Like the, like the shit I do for my kids, throw a grape in the air and catch it. <laughs> and so you, you have to do that with your thoughts hey you, thing, go ahead well, i was gonna ask if you were gonna if you were gonna do a small hike right just like back whatever across the beach or something you would probably be safe to do that on your own you could just walk out there and walk back you're going to do something very else. safe, very safe. California is not like that, that dangerous. Yeah. When I say it's dangerous, I mean, if you leave your car parked somewhere, some drug addict's going to break into it and steal your shit. Yes, I'm going to, well, I'm going to connect the dot here. So you go up to Yosemite. Yeah. You want to do half dome. Yeah. Going to be even harder, right? It's very hard. I think at some point when you're going to go on the longest hike or your furthest feet, you might need a guide. Yes. Yes. Wouldn't the therapist or the psychologist potentially be that guide to allow you to observe your thoughts to walk you through that? As they of get course, of, of course, if you find a good one, of course, of course, absolutely. A yoga practice, a meditation teacher, a psychologist, uh, someone who can help you walk you through, uh, giving you the skills to watch your own thoughts. And you already said it, if you have a good one, and I would say that a good one means they're going to continue to question and give you space to allow the observance of what you're talking about or where it stems from in your thoughts. And I would say one that might not be as, is if they try to interject into that and plug a meaning in there for you. 
as opposed to allowing you exactly. to keep further understanding exactly. the observance. So it should never be a, uh, you know, this is connects to this. It should always be like, well, go deeper into that. Understand that. Well, why is that? And so right. I think that yes. there is a lot of value in, you know, the mental health professionals, especially if they could really help you walk down that path. Couldn't and then you take that. a little bit of that home with you and you're able to do it on your own a little bit more each time. Uh, my my wife is the one who taught me 99% of this. If it wasn't for her, I wouldn't know it, Jack. Good guide. Yeah, because she's a great guide. She's a great guide. And you know what? Yeah, anyway, I'm not going to say that. But, but <laughs> yes, it's going to take a dig at my wife. No, no need for that. Definitely no need for that. I take enough digs at her. You could just plug me in if you need. <laughs> Thank you. And, and and sometimes even though Susa taught me how to hike, I'm a be- I've turned into a better hiker than him. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you never know who's going to take off. Uh, become a guide themselves. And, and, and basically, that, that is that is that that I, I do believe I'm open to being wrong about this, but that is the only way to make change is to see the thoughts and to watch them. And it takes a lot of practice, but eventually those thoughts will go away because what happens is. Only when you create stillness and space in between your thoughts, you know, like that space between heartbeats, that space between breaths, that space between waves, as you open that up more and more, um, new thoughts will come in. Mm -hmm. Perhaps better ones too, more processed ones, more calmer ones, less reactive ones. Yes. Okay. Okay. Uh, I like to know Sevon pre Haley. I, I was a, I was a crazy searcher. I was a crazy searcher. <laughs> you probably would have ran into him, wouldn't have even known it, because he would have been the homeless dude without the shoes that you would have avoided and made judgment about right when you saw him. Word. Yeah, my wife met me when I was homeless. <laughs> She's special though. Love at first sight. Uh, so what appears to be happening over at Twitter, and um, feel free to chime in anyone who wants to. Uh, Correct me. But what appears to be happening at Twitter is uh, right before the election, uh, Trump and Biden last uh, a couple of years ago, um, there was uh, Hunter Biden's laptop service. For those of you who don't know the story, he took a handful, a stack of laptops to a repair shop and never returned to pick them up. And that and that uh, store had a policy that if you left your laptops there for more than 90 days, the store then owned the laptop. Pretty common. It, um, I've had to sign that shit when I take my computer in to get it fixed. Mm-hmm. And so this guy and, and one of the problems with Hunter Biden's laptop was file transfer was broken. So this guy had to basically get into his hard drive and start transferring files manually one by one. And in there, he started seeing some shit that was tripping him out. I've heard two different stories on this. I heard one. He turned the laptops into the FBI himself. And then I also heard that the, the, the FBI subpoenaed them. I don't believe the FBI subpoenaed them first if they did. I believe what he did is he made a copy of all the laptops and then turned them in. Among after finding what was on those laptops, and it was it was tons of stuff about uh, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's dealings and other politicians' dealings with the Ukraine, this is pre-Ukraine war and China, and and I read Hunter the laptop from Nightmare, and it's when I say business dealings, I'm talking about some nefarious shit, like shit that like if you're an American citizen, you would never want. I can't remember the exact details right now, but you would never want anyone in the government doing. So, uh, so basically. So then the FBI, so then the story broke 
And everyone started saying, including Joe Biden, there's a quote from Joe Biden somewhere, that these are not really Hunter's laptops. These are basically laptops that were made by Russia and planted to affect the election. Because for some reason they <laughs> because for some reason they wanted uh Trump to win. So um And I so, support the new thing. <laughs> so basically what Twitter was doing is they were taking direction from these these tweets that the, this, these correspondence and emails that are being released is that they were ta- the Twitter was taking direction from the White House to suppress this story, and, there, and there's all sorts of pornography and shit on there, like uh, homemade sex movies with Hunter and you know videos of him smoking crack and just all that shit that has has leaked. And, uh, and and why why some of the stuff why that matters? Hunter Biden has had a fucking hard life. Like his shit has not been easy. Like he had a, had a lot of fucked up shit happen to him. And obviously he's turned into a product of that. But why that's important is once again, you never want the leaders of your country to ha- for anyone to be able to leverage anything against them to hurt the general public. That's why it's so important. We forgive people. Mm. And so, so all this was coming out. Biden was denying it. Hunter was not denying it. By the way, Hunter was saying these laptops actually might be mine. <laughs> He's he's high on crack. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. Uh, Sean Sullivan adds to this. um, Remember, 60X intelligence officers wrote and signed a letter saying the laptop was Russian disinformation. Kind of Mm. crazy. Mm. So basically, um, uh, Elon Elon is releasing the emails of the people who worked at Twitter who were – hiding this and not only that twitter had a very special policy that was supposed to only be enacted when people were passing child pornography and that act was to stop people from sending personal dms back and forth so they started they started interfering in people's personal dms to each other i didn't even know you could do that in twitter um and uh not only stopping posts and pulling down posts and banning people from twitter but they also started interfering in direct messaging. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they were pulling down posts is Twitter had a policy that said people are not allowed to hack information from one person and then post it online. So that was part of their censorship policy. Okay. So I couldn't if, – if, if I hacked into Twitter, uh, Suze's email and, um, and, and, and released all – showed all the pink to-dos he buys from Amazon, Twitter would pull it down because I hacked it. Mm. Supposedly. So that was the reason they were using, but they were all lies. It wasn't hacked. It wasn't hacked. In March, CNN legal analyst uh, analyst Ellie Honig said the federal investigation into Hunter Biden are both very real and very substantial, and there's a realistic chance he could face federal charges. When I hear something like that coming out of CNN, I just think, oh, this is – now the entire left is just trying to figure out how to get rid of Biden. They're just eating their own because that's what they do, right? They just eat their own. So <clears throat> I started the show talking about how I, I made so many posts yesterday all over the internet, basically just, just I don't know if attacking people, but fucking with people. <laughs> and it was all around the liver king issue. And and I want to tell you, uh, basically, a- after doing mass, uh, seeing so many people, popular people, health professionals, it's people in the health professional space. So there's two people that I saw that I give a huge pass to. There's this guy that Hiller likes or that talks about a lot, Greg Duche. I'm not familiar with that. 
<clears throat> he has like 1.6 million subscribers on Instagram. He's a shirtless guy. He's been around forever. And then Nick, the more plates and dates guy. And basically they, okay. what they've done is they've made a career out of talking about this subject. They're mm-hmm. steroids. Uh, they're steroid experts. They're natty or not experts. They've, they're open about their own drug use. And so they have kind of laid out the, the liver King issue. And, and because of that, it's kind of like, um, It's kind of I, – I, I give them a pass. I won't go into why, but I think it's obvious, but later on we could go into why. I give them a pass. It's, it's, it's what they do, right? It's what they do. It's like um, I, it's give cock- stick, yeah. I, I give cockroaches a pass. Like it's what they do. I don't hate cockroaches. It's what they do. They just – they're cockroaches, hyenas. I give them a pass. When people behave like hyenas or cockroaches, it's a little weird because they're not. <laughs> But um, but cockroaches, hyenas, vultures—that's what they do. It's their, it's their it's their way of living. Uh, Kenneth Delap, Coach Greg gets. Uh, oh, Doucette, thank you, Kenneth Doucette. Yeah, uh, he, I I can't watch him really because he gets too animated for me. But um, and and I get overstimulated. But it, this the post he did on the Liver King is pretty sober. It's the soberest I've ever seen him. I haven't watched a lot of his content. Is this his? Yeah, that's the guy. But you know what I saw? My fifty cent pop psychology analysis of what's going on here with the liver king all of these people who are being critical of them these are people who were hurt by their dads something happened in their life that hurt them their dad betrayed them they were part of a divorce their dad molested them their uncle that something happened where they were betrayed by the male figure in their life and they started thinking the liver king was their daddy <laughs> I mean this with all sincerity. <laughs> and so they're going to continue their whole life. That's why it's stupid to play the trust game or the respect game or the disrespect game. They live their whole life waiting for someone to betray their trust again so that they can relive that pain. I see no one I, I see no one posting on the internet, hey, it's my fault. I put expectations on the liver king. Mm-hmm. I was I, I've always been looking for a role model ever since fucking Uncle Buck touched me, or since my dad fucking slapped my mom, or since my dad ran away. Or since my dad lied to me and told me he's gonna buy me a Camaro and bought me a Volkswagen bug. <laughs> I've never and so they are they see and, and and you look at the profiles of these guys and it's all guys who are like big and fucking tatted up with the monster trucks and the Harley Davidsons or they're in their business suits and they're all smug. <laughs> and I'm just like, holy shit, I fucking cracked the code on this. These guys are all upset because and instead of just letting it pass because they're invested emotionally into some trauma that happened to them. And they're just waiting to relive it over and over and over. You, they set themselves up and they set the liver king up to fail because of their expectations. On a really deep level, it's just more victim stuff. Every person you know is hiding something. Like, I got harmed by the liver king. <laughs> Heidi is especially hiding something. I know. I'm going to forgive him. Wait, why is Heidi especially something? Why do you no, it's just because Heidi is hiding. I just liked her name because I, I kept hearing oh, it. I was like, what? what? She, I, she's not hiding anything. She, she just wants a boyfriend. 
Yeah, I think it's weird. Like when you were when we were talking about it earlier, it was like you know people are saying I forgive him or I don't forgive him or something I'm like that. What is this weird like, behavior? Imagine having that much, uh, even like a uh, uh, Saladino who was like buddies with them and helped the whole thing out. Like imagine yeah. going on there and being like, like how do you just not disassociate with it? Like oh yeah, he came out that he's on steroids, claimed he wasn't. You know. We assumed maybe he was, and now he is, and like what, whatever. Like, how do you even like? How are you wronged by that? How is that going to like change? You know, I feel like people think that they are doing that to appease the crowd, or to well, show. Well, they're like, they're suggesting he We're they're upset. suggesting that he scammed you. How? So they're so they're giving away their power. They're basically saying he did that to me. Yeah, but he's also never ever claimed taking any of his stuff would ever make you look like there's well he did claim time. i did see a clip though finally i did see a clip he didn't claim his supplements would he did claim that this lifestyle would have you jacked made him look like this so he did he did he did claim that but okay but 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 for me that's neither here nor there well then he's oprah for fucking weight watchers that's what he is. <laughs> well, that's significantly fucking, that's significantly you know, even worse. Yes, I like agree. we all what we she, all yes. idolize the Rock. Great Rock metaphor. is fucking yes, juiced up. Yes, you know yes. what's he selling? It's like okay, now you're the next supermodel, Cindy Crawford on HydroxyCut. Yes, I think it's a disappointment hey. in the health and fitness industry because, and I said this earlier in one of the posts that I made that this is the importance of CrossFit and the CrossFit community is to have that fucking buck stop with us in terms of health and fitness. But at the end of the day, you're always going to have these over-the-top uh, figures that are going to be selling and promoting a certain product. We've seen celebrity endorsement, and sometimes you have to birth or create the celebrity to then have the endorsement. That's kind of what Liver King there did. He made this persona, he made this person, and then that in turn helped uh, with the businesses there. You know, just like Oprah, celebrity, and her ability to, hey, if you guys do what I did on Jenny Craig Weight Watchers, you're going to look like me. Well, fuck off. You got, you know, two full time chefs. Who's going to look like you? You could have made, I could make more of the argument that Liver King has a more of an advantage because of Chef Lionel than he does anything else, right? Because if you're able to have that luxury of being able to have that process set up for you, kind of like how Oprah did, then you're not really buying onto the true product, anyways. So, you know, whatever. How, how, what, how do you think about this when people say he only is being honest because he was caught? Okay. <laughs> I, I don't see. So, so you don't, you don't have, you, you don't have room. You don't have room for, uh, you, it, but they say it like they're angry. They're right. saying like it, it's, it's because he's, because he's came out because he was caught, um, and didn't do it on his own before he was caught. It's not sincere or it's not, uh, I don't understand what's your ax to grind with him that fucking hard. I, I actually thought, cause I watched the video in its entirety when it first came out. One of the coaches the, at my gym said the to plates me, like, 
You played Stains yeah. guy? Yeah. So I just had it running in the background as I was kind of going through my stuff and I was listening to it. And the one thing that I thought actually gave him more credibility was the fact that he truly lives that lifestyle. Yes, he might have been taking some extracurriculars that were omitted from that lifestyle. But at the same time, like when he talks about getting grounded and going on his walks and the intensity of his workouts and the way that he eats and his diet and the way that he lives his life was all consistent with the stuff that he puts out online. And to me, that's probably more valuable than just knowing if he was juicing or not. And and how about these people who, and there's tons of them, and this is what got me riled up yesterday. Um, There's these people, they have have a million followers or 100,000 followers, and they have in their profile health professional. Mm -hmm. And now you're attacking someone. And I'm thinking, oh, I've seen now that the limits of your desire to to help people and to keep Mm -hmm. them healthy. Yeah. You know what I put in my bio? What? Just recently? What? Crypto millionaire since 99 and 5.6 mil on TikTok. <laughs> Did you really write that? I really wrote that. Yeah. And I just thought it was funny because in regard of like a lot of the stuff that we see. So in the you're bio, lying. You're lying just like it, the liver king. I don't have a TikTok and crypto wasn't in, in the market until like 09. <laughs> so both yeah. of those things are, are literally impossible, but you throw them in your bio and here we go. Expertise. Yeah. So L- Lane Norton's an interesting one. So he's giving a lot of good information, and yet it's also angry. Uh, it sounded like he had a body disorder from talking about his back fat was his biggest. Of course, yeah. I mean, I'm, I I need two beers to take my shirt off at the beach. Like, like I fully get it. I I don't. By the way, I don't think. Yeah, I don't. Steffi, I yeah. I don't think. Um, I don't see the. Anyway, I, ju- I just wanted to say that, that as I looked at all these characters who were judging him, I was I, it started just clicking for me. Oh, these are guys all who have, that they have issues that, that they, they want their look, their whole life, they're going to be looking for someone to betray them. Yeah. I like Katie's comment a lot there. Liver King uh, is not a politician who works for us. He does not owe us anything. He's a businessman selling his ideas and products. You can choose not to follow him. And then the, the people who, we do uh, that are supposed to be working for us that should be held accountable at the highest possible level in terms of the decisions they're making and how much they affect society and your local communities get away with fucking whatever they want, touching kids, hopping on private air, private jets to islands and nobody, you know, Hey, don't question yeah. that. You know, this uh, tech billionaire that's going to come around and save the world with his philanthropy. No, nobody questioned that. But if you have a discussion, we need to see your medical degree. But Bill Gates could do whatever the fuck he wants, and no one questions his medical medical degree. You know, these politicians feed us all these lies and create up create all these policies and stuff that affect us our daily lives. But yet, when those policies go awry and stuff, there's zero accountability. In fact, fifty percent of the population hops on their side on their team and defends the craziness. Right. 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 But Liver King does it, and Liver King takes steroids, and all of a sudden we're all going to be up in arms, and everybody's going to post about it, and we're going to tell you how we feel and how we need an apology and what he should do. (laughs) That was the only only fun post I made yesterday. Matt Walsh brought up a subject that was really serious on his Instagram, and I wrote in the comments, sorry, can't worry about this, too busy stressing over Liver King. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've just been a mess, Sevon. I'm surprised we're doing the show today. Yes. We've had to talk you off the ledge three times now that you know. I want to tell you about my relationship with uh, the liver King too. Um, Basically I had this podcast. It was called meet the parents. 
and I had heard about this guy who had, who had, this is long before he was the liver King. And I, and I wanted to have mom because I, I had heard he had changed his whole lifestyle in order to save his kid's life with an autoimmune disease. Yeah. And so I tried to get him on and I tried to get him on and I knew he was a wealthy, successful businessman. And I contacted his people and they said, Hey, Brian does not do podcasts. He's not and, and liver, liver King is actually, Brian's actually admitted that he he's, was never thought of himself as a public speaker and he was really shy and insecure about his speaking abilities. Mm-hmm. So I said, okay, but I kept bugging him every few months. I'd be like, Hey dude, you got a great story. I'd love to hear it and blah, blah, blah. So then, uh, eventually I had Paul Saladino on, um, who I really like. And, um, I started fooling around with uh, Kenneth. I'm going to talk to you about your smells too here in a second. I'm going to tie that in. And I started talking to Paul Saladino and I started doing the carnivore diet. And when I did the carnivore diet, I did it for me pretty strict, but still not, you know, super strict. Uh, I would say like 99% strict. And I, I did that for a, a couple months and I started getting, my hands started getting cold and my feet started getting cold. And I started feeling like something, like I started becoming too quickly aware of my heartbeat. Hmm. So I knew something wasn't right. So I started in he, Paul and I would text Paul and Paul would say, are you eating organ meat? And I'm like, no. And I, and so he said, Hey, you should consider taking these pills. And I started taking the pills and within hours that shit went away for me within hours. I bought the pills. So then I continued that relationship. I, I really like Paul. I continued down that uh, path. And, um, and that was that. Over time, I had, um, I had somehow gotten um, Brian's uh, phone number, Liver King's phone number. And so we would text. He just like, how are you? Hey, I like that post. I like that post. Oh, my God. I can't believe how you know, you're killing it. Or he, even in in the past, he had sent me some content and he's like, Hey, could you give me your thoughts on what you think about this content? And I would give him my thoughts. Hey, I would do this or I would change this, which I don't think he ever took any of that advice to heart, but I was flattered and understood why he would ask me because I'm such a stud. And, um, then at one point we were covering, we were doing Wadapalooza and I just reached out to him and I said, Hey, you know, I, I take your, your product. Do you want to sponsor Wadapalooza? And he said, send me your PayPal. And he just sent $20,000 just landed in my PayPal account. That was it. It was a done deal. So I fucking text him back and I'm like, Hey dude, I need to be put in touch with someone at your company. Like in like pick your guys's brain. Cause I want to represent you guys. Right. And he's like, uh, he, he tried to like blow it off. Like, Hey dude, I just like you. And, and you've always been cool. And I'm like, no, nah, no, nah, dude. Like, I, I, can you just put me in touch with a couple guys there just so I can make sure like the colors or the branding or stuff you don't want me to say, it's like, it's your money. I mean, we're going to kill it anyway for you, but, but can you, so we got in the phone with a couple of his people and they were really, really great. Mm-hmm. And basically what they told us is like, Hey, really all it was kind of the Greg Glassman school. He's like, you don't need to talk anything up. You don't like just, be yourself, speak honestly, authentically, and uh, about your experience with the product, and we'll be happy enough with that. I was like, that's really cool, you guys. Thank you. And I'm trying to think if I'm leaving anything out. That was the extent of our of our relationship. I continued to text him over the years, and then when this all shit went down, I just there's another guy over there who I've become friends with who's on his team, and I just told him, like, hey, uh, love you guys. A tough time, tough. This might be a tough time for you. Um, I'm here for you, and uh, please come on the podcast. That's it. That would that's my relationship with him. I would hope I would treat anyone the same, even if I didn't know him. Even if I hadn't exchanged a hundred texts with him in the past, but 
So there's that. <clears throat> uh, I saw someone in the comments said Luca won event three, which is pretty cool. Luca Jukic. I want to be a huge, I want to be a huge Luca Jukic fan. <laughs> I also heard yesterday that uh, Lazar was in really, 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 really bad shape. And that I, it, it, it was accurate in, in the assessment when he came up the stairs on all four, I said, Hey, something looks like it's wrong neurologically with him. And I am getting uh, some confirmation that he was, uh, that no one was home when he got to the top. Mm. And uh, didn't he have an issue with his nutrition one, like at a couple of the events too? Yes. I yes. wonder if that's like playing a factor here as well. <clears throat> okay. Uh, number 298. <clears throat> Uh, my favorite subject, racism, 298 racism. <laughs> I think this is comedy, actually. Yeah, this is good. Hashtag and racism. <clears throat> so I'm coming back from a walk and uh, I walk past like a middle-aged white woman. She's like 40, 45. And um, she clutched her purse and started walking faster. And I'm not the type to bring up the race card, but like made me uncomfortable because I, I literally can't think like how in the year 2022 that she thought she was stronger than me. Like I'm a pro fighter, I lift weights, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> So good. Uh, uh, <laughs> on what, what, what were the pills? Um, you want to know what's funny, Philip, that you asked that? Oh, so let me say this too. So Kenneth, you said that you, that you have BO and you don't wear deodorant either. You know, what's crazy. As soon as I started eating vegetables again, I, I, I my scent has grown crazy. I never smelled when I was on, as soon as I start swaying it off the, the, the meat, the meat and, uh, diet, I start getting crazy scent, crazy scents. So I, I don't know. I, I need to keep playing with it. But the fewer, the fewer things I eat, the better my smell is. Although my wife says my BO smells good. So fuck, I don't know. <laughs> like she'll come by and sniff me. <laughs> she also lived in India for six months. I mean, you know, and like, I don't know. But it's definitely, I, it's definitely what you eat. But I'm not, I'm no matter what, I'm not rubbing any stick under my arm. It's just as soon as I start thinking about it logically, it makes no sense. I mean, I own deodorant. I would, I would wear it like once a year. Like if I would have gone to Sousa's wedding, I would have worn deodorant. <laughs> but I didn't, so I don't. Fancy. I, I don't. Fancy. I don't remember. Um, I, basically, and I still take them. I'll, I'll have to look for you. Basically. <laughs> I take the the ones that are the liver and the beef and the tallow, and I mix them all into a giant jar, like a glass jar. And then every day I just randomly pull six out and take them. <laughs> no, I don't do cologne either. I don't. I, I don't even. I I don't even. If my wife's wearing like suntan lotion or makeup or anything, I, I I'm I'm pretty sensitive to all that stuff. Like I just don't like. I especially don't like if I kiss her skin and I were to get anything like on my tongue or my. Oh yeah. 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 
I'm not a big fan of lots of makeup or anything either. I'm like, no. Natural, baby. Uh, 297, this is what the haters sound like to me. Allah, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's my deodorant. That's my smell. Ode to Allah Armenian, yes. <laughs> it att- uh, the, my, my natural scent attracts smart Jewish women. I can't help it. <laughs> this is uh, this is great. Here we go. Oh, this this follows along with the uh, Liver King. Here we go. This is so this good. For the Liver King. Fuck you. You almost had me. I've been watching your videos for over a year now. Eating liver, eating testicles, not showering, not wiping when you shit. And I finally had a breakthrough. Over Thanksgiving dinner, right after I had my seventh deviled egg, I thought, what am I doing? My ancestors were not doing this. My grandfather may have had three or four tops, but they weren't eating this many. And I told my family, I said, 2023, I'm going ancestral. I'm doing it. And for the first time in my life, my dad was proud of me. My dad. And I know that because he put down this Kentucky gentleman and said, son, for the first time in my life, I'm proud of you. And not a fucking week later, it comes out that you're not natty. <laughs> I I can't even look at a diet plan or a gym membership without feeling absolute betrayal. <laughs> you are no king. You're the liver bitch. Fuck you. This message is for the it's, it's all there. This guy killed it. That's genius, right? <laughs> yeah, that was perfect. That guy's genius. That's hilarious. The whole thing, the psychology of the whole thing is right there. <laughs> oh, he let you down, did he? Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. I remember being let down as a kid. Not very often. Not by my parents. But I can think of like, I can think of like, I can think of, I remember being at the airport one time after being away from home for three weeks, like making a movie. That's probably, I don't remember how it was. And no one came to the airport to pick me up. Everyone had forgotten. (laughs) And I was about as sad as that guy you just saw. <laughs> what were you expecting someone to pick you up? Yeah, like, was there, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you have a conversation with them before? And it was like, planned? yeah, I mean, it's pre, it was pre cell phone, but I just remember like feeling sorry for myself, like locking out there. And you're just, how long do you stay out there before you're like, fuck, no one's coming? An hour, I think. I had to go to a pay phone and call someone. <laughs> were they like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, I'm coming right away? Or were they like, pay phone? Maybe I even had a Blackberry then. Oh. Did you ever want a Blackberry? No. God, they were cool. You wanted one. Of course. I had the Nokia brick phone. Oh, did it have the, the raised keys on it? Yeah. I mean, it was just that little, do you know what I mean? Like the Nokia, Nokia brick phone. If you never had a BlackBerry with a full set of raised keys, you have no idea what you're missing. The iPhone 20 years later or 10 years later has still not caught up with that. It was... 
you had a keyboard on your phone. Man, it was nice. Oh my, yeah, yeah. That I had sucks. this one. Yeah, this. I, one. I had that for a minute too. <laughs> Those. Oh my god. And I'd play like Snake on it and stuff. Do you remember just all the men, especially Middle Eastern men? Like you'd be in LA and every Middle Eastern man had one of those, in it, at least one. Like everyone's talking like this because the phone was so small. It's like half the size of an iPhone. Do you remember that shit? Yeah. <laughs> Can you see like a guy looking like me? I also remember you'd hit the internet button on accident. You'd be like, oh shit. You'd try to like cancel <laughs> it out. I just felt it spent $3. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, oh man, mom's going to kill me if I go on the internet on that thing. Okay. Uh, I don't know. Uh, the 296 doesn't have a, um, I don't even know what it is. I didn't write anything underneath it. Let's, 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 let's see what's behind door number three, Susan. <laughs> Oh yeah, this is yeah, this is great. This is great. Here we go. And here this goes back to that thing. The Democrat and Republican thing. Like, how are you not how are you not making the connection? What is so bad over there that you continue to defend this this realm? Okay. Actually, this guy's great. Interesting fact. In the state of California, it is illegal to produce goose pate. Why? In order to get goose pate, you have to force feed geese, sugars, and grains until they have fatty liver disease. That same state will feed your kids a breakfast and lunch at school that contain nothing but sugars and grains. Let that set in for a moment. Stay motivated. And I get and I guess in def- I guess in defense you can go to every Republican you can go to every red state and say this see the same thing. So strike that from the record. You can see that everywhere. You mean as far as public schools go? Yeah, just every, the all these people are feeding your kid poisons. Are worried about the liver king juicing? It's like wait, what? The largest run state, the largest uh, state run organization. Unified school district. Is it? It, ends, it actually takes in like, I don't know how the exact figure, but I want to say almost a trillion more dollars than our defense budget does. And you guys know how big that is. Oh, what a failure. But how do teachers still get paid less and have to buy their own supplies and it keeps deteriorating with the, our education keeps deteriorating? So then where does the money go? Uh, if, if uh, we're home, homeschooling our kids and granted they're still young, but it's going swimmingly well. Should get a tax rebate for that. We they we, we sign up for a program where we get money. Yeah, you should. We do. I don't know if it's a tax rebate, but we signed up for a program through the state. Through so basically, someone checks on our kids every twenty days. It's awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's not awesome, but but I'm okay with it. Basically, she's just like, and, and I just love when my kids sitting there when my kids answer the questions. And it's not private, right? That's state. State, yeah. Isn't that crazy? So you're still you're still controlled by the state. Well. Not in terms of curriculum, not in terms of day by day, but you still have to meet their standards because they're coming to check up on you. What happens if those standards right. aren't met? Right. Then what, what happens? Is there a punishment <laughs> for that? Do they say, hey, your kids weren't met the standard. If we come back and they're still not up to standard. We're going to take gonna, your kids away? I don't know. I'm asking. I don't know. Yeah, I should ask my wife that. So what's the deal? So then does the state still have a level of control when it comes to homeschooling because of the, the standards are so curriculum? 
This, yeah, I guess I don't mind the accountability, but everything I'm, I'm not disagreeing with anything you're saying. I, I, sh- I should probably look into it more. My wife it, does all that. It's interesting because the property tax is what goes to fund most the uh, schools, like a lot of the funding comes from that. But then they'll at the same time say a lot of the schools that are inside these, um, you know, less privileged neighborhoods, the ghettos, the poor or whatever, then they're the ones that are lacking the most in education. And you're like, well, yeah, because the way you designed it. <laughs> so of course, they're, they're, the property tax there is going to be much lower because there's not as much money in those areas. Therefore, it doesn't go back into the school. Therefore, education takes a hit. And therefore, the, the cycle just keeps repeating itself. But with all the money pouring into it, it just becomes more and more layered of bureaucracy and less and less money that the money travels to the actual teachers, therefore affecting the education. T- totally. 100%. And I, I forget what it is, but it's some crazy thing like they spend $30,000 on every kid who goes to the school, but we only get $4,000. Right. Which is just nuts. Uh, they won't keep giving them money if the standards aren't met. Oh, okay. So then they, they take you off. The- they are monitoring you, Sevy. Yeah, they, they are. <laughs> they are. They are monitoring me. We're all controlled by something. Uh, number 300, poisoning your child. This is just... Just the, all I have to say to this is do not give your child sugar for as long as you can. It is not hard making it two years. You do not need a birthday cake at your one-year-old's uh, birthday, and you don't need a birthday cake at your two-year-old's birthday. They don't know. They don't care. Here's the thing. I'm going to tell you what to give them. You get frozen berries, and you pour a little heavy cream on it, and it hardens on there like magic shell, and they can eat it. Do not give your kids sugar. You are changing their whole life. You're changing their entire brain chemistry. These people think it's funny that they're giving – look how this baby reacts when they give it soda. Check this out. Also, if you've already done it, be compassionate with yourself. I'm not hating on you. Just stop. Here we go. David. If you keep it. Just take a drink. And by the way, another thing. How – when you let your baby pull stuff away from you like that, like okay. you are, you're already, you're okay, already yes, creating no. a monster. <laughs> <laughs> so now pause. So now this baby's being rewarded with love and attention for drinking soda. Like there's no homeostasis with kids. It's so powerful every second to second to second. There's no homeostasis. You're either, you're always teaching them something. That dad is so happy and so I I, I get like or whoever's filming that like I get that joy because as a parent you basically you get joy from watching your kids' behaviors regardless of what they are. You just can't believe that this creature is doing this. But this creature right here is now hearing the happiest that their parents will ever be, and it's around drinking soda pop. And if you don't think that goes into the kid and the kid obviously doesn't want to get rid of it because it's like cocaine. They mm-hmm. just watch their kid do cocaine as that sugar and soda and syrup and all that shit runs over their, t- their tongue. There's shit happening that we can't even imagine. Just ima- imagine the first time, I don't know, the first time you kissed a girl and, or a boy and, and magnify it times a million. It's crazy. And if you really want to start looking up crazy shit, start looking up something called Mountain Dew Mouth. Look at the look at these kids who were given Mountain Dew from a young age. You shouldn't do that, Sousa. You do not want to see it. No, don't look it up. 
Hey, remember a while back? It was like a couple of years back, and I think the kid might have been like between the age of three and five, and it was with um a bunch of people inside a living room, and it took like a hit of a blunt, but like knew how to like inhale. Yeah. A cigarette thing. Yeah. And then like handed it back. And all the adults thought it in the room thought it was like hilarious and were laughing and like grabbed it back and stuff like that. Do you think that's something like this with the soda is equivocal to that? Or do you think it's a lesser? <clears throat> I, I I I don't know. I don't know. They they both just sound like it just seems weird because it, I grew up in a car with people smoke. I didn't know how to smoke, but I grew up in a car I remember thousands of car rides with with my dad and my uncles and my friends dads where people were smoking in the car with the windows right. rolled up i remember yeah. all that shit it just didn't it's <clears throat> no seat belts <laughs> yeah yeah it's interesting because you like if the whole if the that you know coca-cola whatever she's drinking is messing up <clears throat> her brain chemistry and you know just introducing a ton of sugar into her body that young and then not to mention the societal rewards that are happening i mean you could almost make the argument that's that's just as dangerous for a kid at that age as, as any other drug would be for them getting a, a hand on it, right? Like, should you yep. treat that Coca-Cola and that soda the same way you would your prescription pills? Like, you're not going to leave them around your kids because there could be dire consequences for that right, getting into right, the system. Right. So is it, you know, should we look at it in a similar way? And back in the day, you were saying the thing with the seatbelts and the cigarettes. Well, as we gathered more and more information, we realized how bad it was. The education kind of removed that from happening a lot of times. Now that would be seen as ridiculous. If you saw somebody pull up to the grocery store and they had two kids in the back and they had just hot boxed the car with a cigarette on the way there, you'd be like, holy, what is wrong with you? But you go back about 30 years and it was like kind of the norm. You know, you go to a restaurant, smoking section or non-smoking section. We're all in the same fucking building. What are you talking about? Do you remember sitting back to back with someone at Denny's and you're not smoking in there? And yeah. Airplanes. Like, that shit was crazy. And the, the just the point being is like, you know, at some point when we look at this, well, as we look back and things change and norms change and as we get more and more education on what sugar does, especially to the young people and our kids and stuff, like I wonder if there'll ever be a big change and you'll look back at that young baby drinking the soda and think of them in the same light as you did the person that was, you know, taking a hit of the cigarette, the young kid taking a hit of the cigarette. Right. Fair, fair comparison. Uh, Allison NYC, uh, none of us are perfect. Changing is so admirable. Most people see there's a problem and ignore it because it's hard word. I agree. Change. Yep. Uh, make, make the constant, constant effort to what did the caller say to be like Jesus? That's my, my take on it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, poisoning your child. Uh, 295. How are you on time? I'm fine. Okay. I'm hanging out today. Uh, 295, uh, the pathetic doctor. Uh-oh. <laughs> I oh, I hope we get to 293. Someone sent me this uh, inside of their new CrossFit gym. It's so crazy nice. Uh, okay, so uh, skip over this. I've done enough Liver King. I, I, you guys know where I stand. Hey, okay, I'll say this one thing. The Liver King talks about a lot about loyalty. And a lot of people sent me DMs being like, hey, that's really cool how loyal you are to him. I really don't see it that way. The, the Gandhi said that no one should have, I'm paraphrasing, that no one should have friends because what friends will do is eventually your loyalty to them will come in conflict with your own morality. And there's this Taoist saying that if your friends lie for you, they'll lie to you. Mm. To me, it's just I get about it in another way. 
it just doesn't make sense to me logically. As I've explained many times to, to hate, to, to hate on them. If, if the byproduct of that is, is it makes me a good friend or, or someone can project onto me that I'm loyal. Okay. But I'm not, I'm not like, I don't know. I, I, I just don't think that that's the, the best word to describe. I think people should be careful with about loyalty. Although, although there are some very loyal traits about me that I see have compromised my, my own personal desire for things. Like just even my kids, I have a loyalty to my kids that makes it like if I'm sleeping and I hear my kid say from the other room, can you get me some water? And they're, I'll jump up out of bed and get them water. And I guess that's maybe a kind, I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I just, <laughs> I, I, that word loyalty maybe needs to be explored further on this show someday. Uh, 294. Oops. 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 I think this is the czar of the COVID czar on the great Island of England, the United Kingdom, which is really just Iraqis and, and uh, Syrians, the Island of Iraqis and Syrians, um, people of descent. Britain didn't need booster, says top COVID czar Sir John Bell as he claims top uh, top up doses only prevent infection for 70 days. <laughs> I'm like inundated with them. Look how many fucking ads there are on this article. Britain didn't need to roll out COVID booster jabs to the entire population. One of the country's top virus experts said today, Sir John Bell, who served as Boris Johnson's testing czar and an early member. Uh-oh. Anyway, you get it. I was reading. I you know. sorry. Here you go. Okay. Uh, Oxford University. Sir John Bell said he's not entirely sure UK needed booster. Health chief said doses were that. That's even worse. This. This. I would rather have someone be sure or not sure than after it not entirely sure. <laughs> what does that mean? That means that you have means no fucking idea. Sure. <laughs> that means you're not. That means you. It wasn't. Hell, we're talking about inject injecting kids with drugs. It's either yes or no. It's not like, I'm not sure. Let's just try a few million. <laughs> Health chief said doses were vital to boost protection amid the Omicron wave. <laughs> Sir John said the jabs only offer short-term protection against catching the virus. Maybe it's just a ploy to, to get people to take more. <laughs> anyway, there's just endless stuff like this on the internet now. Um, you can find all, all these people flip-flopping all over the place. Okay, 293. This is a CrossFit gym. I forget which CrossFit gym it is, but uh, it's, it's an Instagram account. And it looks like they just opened like some sort of restaurant adjacent to the gym. I think the gym owner actually owns this, both the restaurant and the gym. And basically, you can, you, you can be sitting down eating a bowl of, yeah, I don't know, meat and fruit. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah, look it. It's it a, yeah, it kind of it'll replay itself. So it says this is Jed at CFA. I don't know what gym that is, but look at that spread. Crazy, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a wall of like those uh, um, crossover what, symmetry for yeah. shoulder health. Yeah. What's the name of that gym? So, look at the write up. See see if you can is Jed at CFA. Fidelis Training Systems. I wonder if that's even an aff- is that a CrossFit affiliate? Says so. Jed CFA. That's uh, Fidelis Training Systems Strength and Conditioning Facility dedicated to optimizing the health and performance of its members via. In- oh, so it's not even a, a CrossFit gym. Man, that's a nice gym. 
They got a ro- oh, go to that rope cutting, that that ribbon cutting. What is that? Let's see if we can. Great oh, day for our official grand minutes. opening. Can we it, see the strides? Say it again. No, they just opened. That was a forty. That post was done forty six minutes ago. Oh, well, congratulations, dude. How do you and Caleb zoom in? I can't do that. I try to use the plus and minus, and it doesn't do shit. I actually do it with my mouth. Just scroll the wheel up and it- no, just it's a uh, it's one of these, and I just like double click or like slide. It has functionality across it. It's kind of weird. That's why sometimes too I can't control it. It zooms in crazy tight. All right. Our yeah, mission to cool. optimize health, wellness, and performance to our members via quality, nutrition, sustainable training methods, and encouraging oh Christian atmosphere that not only makes them healthy human but a better one. Oh wow, interesting. I don't, mind, I don't mind a Christian atmosphere. I probably wouldn't. I don't know if I it was established in 2013. And then it looks like this is a new facility. So I wonder if they were, I bet you they were a CrossFit affiliate. Yeah. I mean, look at his name. The guy's name has CF in it. I prefer the smaller gyms way more fun. Fair. Oh, that's totally fair. I'm actually, I, I really like the, um, I really like the merging of some sort of restaurant or some sort of like to go meal prep style food place that is that exists with inside the gym i think that that that's a really cool thing i wish i wanted to pursue that more to have the ability to do that because look here here's some more pictures of it this is inside of it here let me open this up that was probably like some grand opening spread i mean look at that you come in there and they got kill cliff you know, they got uh, sugary drinks. Good job. Water. Well, yeah. <laughs> they got plastic bottles that will reduce your testosterone. No, I'm just being a dick. I, love I was it. focusing on the good there. But yeah, I mean, and the gym looks super nice. I like the way they laid that out and separated the uh, floor by the machines there. I didn't see any weights in there. In the back. Okay, uh, 290. Let's see what this is. I, I, I don't know. I, there's a chance we're going to do another show today and cover Dubai. There is a chance. Oh, this is so fucking creepy. So here's the thing I want to tell you with this. This is a guy. This, for those of you who say that people creep people out, I want you to, I want I don't know if you guys can see this, but I think this is Nelly, who I like as a rapper. I think he sings the Air Force One songs, singing to a girl who is clearly not, um, does not seem happy. And he's touching her hair. And I think she's too, I personally find her far too young. I find her half the age of any girl who should be brought up on stage at a, by Nelly. That's just my my personal boundaries. Can you hit play on that and pause the uh, and, and and get rid of the audio? For all for all the people who want to speak on subjects of empowering women and standing up for women, here's something for you. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. I I have a strong, powerful wife, mom, sister who's taught me a ton of shit, who I admire. I never thought of as the difference as a man or woman. Look at this girl. What is that girl? What do you look at that body language? And there's a bunch. Yeah. She's she's brought on stage. I guarantee you the parents of that girl are like, fuck, we should have just grabbed her and pulled her down. Nellie should have recognized it. Yeah. 
and been like, I mean, was he singing to her? I couldn't, obviously the audio is not playing, but. Someone wrote in the comments like, bro, what are you doing touching her hair? Yeah, there, there's just boundaries. There's just, yeah. it's just common sense boundaries. Is that, that like, I don't want any strange man talking to my wife or my sister like that. Why would I want them doing that to my <laughs> nine year old, 12 year old daughter? It's, yeah, that's weird. She's, but, but, but crickets crazy. from all, but crickets from all the virtue signalers. Once again, of course. Yeah. Okay. 289. This one's fantastic. This, this is fucking, this takes the cake. I'm sure everyone's seen this already. This is the most bizarre. I, I don't know how to. This is bizarre. Brace yourself, people. Hold on tight for this one. This one is fucking batshit crazy. Here we go. Controversial opinion, but if you have a token white and you're hanging out with your friend group of color, you need to ask permission from everybody in the group to bring your white friend. Like, don't just bring them. Ask for explicit permission from everyone. Because just because you're comfortable with them doesn't mean that everybody's comfortable with them. I might not be in the mood to deal with white shenanigans that day. That's that's all I'm saying. And another thing, it feeds into their ego. Like, don't don't let them think they're a good white person. Don't don't give them that card to use against other people. Please don't do that. Controversial. Yikes. <laughs> it's all just one mind. You see that? Like like everywhere she says white, you can put the word black or Samoan or Asian or Jew. Like it's all just one mind. Like nothing has changed. That's crazy. Except it's just it is it is just okay now in 2022 to just be openly racist <laughs> under the guise god i would love to go back during the era of slavery and, and, and hear how some of those fucking people justified it god i'd love to just be a fucking flea on a wall listening to that shit and hear those oh like trying to explain it. the logic behind like how that that's like okay she's justifying somehow she's justifying racism it, like just make her a white man. Say that about it. Talking other about race. black people in 1940 or 1930 or 1920 or 1850. You pick the fucking year. It's just nuts. I, I, I wonder. I mean, how shallow and surface is her thinking? It's just very. It's In fact, so, I would say there is so no surface thinking. It's yeah, I don't just, even think there's any thinking really happening there. I think it's just like reacting and thinking like, oh, this is okay because it's the popular thing. So I'm going to put this up. Like, there's wow, no, I haven't I haven't heard this word before. That's amazing, Bruce. Race-splaining. <laughs> Race-splaining. Hey, if you haven't seen the movie No Safe Spaces, you can actually see that in you, – you, you will actually see that thinking. They will show you a college campus where they ban white people for going for a day. And you will actually see this, and it is you, – you will actually see modern-day open –
don't bring your white friends unless you ask. That's amazing. <laughs> that is amazing. Uh, two two eighty eight. Oh, I can't wait to show you two eighty seven. I can't wait to show you guys two eighty seven too. This, I think this one's pretty good too. Why did the transgender man only eat salad? Because he was a her before. Why did the transgender man only eat salad? Because he was a her before. Herbivore? Herbivore? Oh, okay. I get it. <laughs> that one went up. <laughs> I was lost there a little bit on that one. Thanks for saving me. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, okay. Uh, 287. Is this a world champion or is this someone with an eating disorder? Look at this fucking athleticism, but with this body. I am tripping. Look at it. Look at the girl in blue, the white girl, the tall girl. Look at her. Look at her body. This is, if I saw that girl at the beach, I would think like she needs to eat a sandwich, but maybe, but maybe I don't. Um, yeah. I thank think you, she Jeff. looks, I think she looks exactly like all the other ones, except for she's just taller. So it's the, the like very lean runner body type seems way more predominant lean? on her. That's lean. That's very lean. Yeah. Maybe not as much as the girl, but the one right behind her was too. I mean, her face isn't sunk in, so it looks like she's adapted to it. But doesn't don't don't aren't you concerned that those legs could look at her elbow, dude? Her, yeah, her she's, forearm and bicep and tricep are narrower than her elbow. Do you yeah. know that that phenomenon? That's like you're like whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you perfect. Like she doesn't even carry her groceries in from the car because she's just working so hard not to have any muscle mass. That's what it looks mm, like. Like one of those mm. off people that never goes in the sun. Yeah. That's a runner's bot. So, okay. So it's not an eating disorder. That's just, that's that. Uh, I mean, I don't that, know her. That, that dialed in. I, I mean, mean, she's amazing, yeah. right? She's like the best in the world at what she does. Yeah. Yeah. And she's, yeah, she's obviously knows her, knows her sport there, but I, I don't know. I just think that it had like, you know, how those runners have super, especially like the ultra runners and stuff like that. Just like crazy lean, but I don't know. Man. I don't know her specific situation, but I would assume that she might benefit by potentially having some more consumption. Have a snack. Uh, well, you've seen like the ultra runners and stuff too, right? Or like the, yes. the Ironman or like, yes. um, you know, they're, they're suit. Like they look like they're going to blow away in the wind half the time. And you're like, dude, if we just put you underneath a 45 pound barbell and had you back squat, I would be afraid that your legs and everything would just like fall off. Like it just can't even support any external load at all. I don't think it's uncommon also for those people to get just fractures from just doing their sport. Yeah. And I think like anything, when you take it to too much of an extreme, it's, it's going to become unhealthy, right? Like you could even make the argument that almost majority of the MMA fighters have some sort of eating disorder. I mean, bulking up like that, then cutting the weight and then putting the weight back on like that shit's crazy. And that's really unhealthy. And you think about I bet you if you were to take the weigh in number, right, like whatever those guys weighed in at at the time that they had to make weight for the fight. And then we're like, OK, here's, you know, the number 100 pounds. And then you weighed them as they were like 
you know, walking into the ring, like there was a scale there. So at the top step, it just deplayed it. You would see massive fluctuations. Alex Pahea said that uh, uh, he he weighed in at 185 and 24 hours later, he entered the ring at 222. That's a 38 in 24 hours. I That's an eating disorder, I would say, because you're doing that's six gallons of water. <sighs> that's insane. That's five gallons of water. I think a gallon of water weighs like seven pounds. Uh, Jeffrey Birchfield says you can't say it's eating disorder. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I honestly didn't, I didn't know. I was just like, uh, yeah, look at Alex. Yeah. I mean, it was freak, but that I, I and, and maybe, you know, I've been, I've been wondering this myself. Do, do you remember when you were a kid and you look at bodybuilder Susan and you're and you just knew right away that something was wrong. Yeah, just like you're just like normal. Yeah, and and then, and then the first time maybe you go to the Arnold or Mr. Universe, you're like, oh fuck, this is a giant crowd of people with some sort of mental disorder. <laughs> it's it's just a crew of people with mental illness. That it, it's um, it's a bizarre, bizarre shaped crowd who are overcompensating or become fallen down an alley. Even that tanning shit. And then they always justify, yeah, well, the, it's the, it's the bright lights. No, the no. Tanning looks so weird. No, you look horrible even up there. Yeah. And so I started thinking they probably don't know that they've, that how bizarre they are because it's, it's like, it's like Mike Tyson buying a lion. Like you don't know how stupid your richness has made you until you buy a lion, but then you're so rich, like you don't know, but everyone around knows you're a fucking idiot. Like right. no one buys, no one should buy a lion <laughs> and, and walk it around on a chain. Like, like yeah, what yeah. a fucking pain to have a lion. How stupid, just donate money to the reserve and let them and go see one. But, um, so, so that, that community grew, but because they lived in an echo chamber, they don't realize how fucking that they're, that they're just screaming their mental illness. Right. Do you think I was, so I was thinking there, they may be CrossFit's like that. Like we've been in it so long that we don't know how weird we look to the rest of the world. Mm, maybe conflating CrossFit, the sport with CrossFit inside the affiliate in that particular comment, because I could, I could see what you're saying as far as like us being really into like our sport of it, not realizing how like crazy that looks to everybody else. But I think CrossFit, the methodology as it stands is is not i think it's the only well sound uh, thing that we have in the health and fitness industry okay fair but but i used to go to the gym for years and i did all the same movements the bodybuilders did you know what i mean i love the lap i didn't do the, the any of the leg press shit i didn't do any of those leg machines but i did like you know the seated press the lap pull down a lap pull downs love you know i ran down. i ran on the treadmill yeah god i love a lap pull down Dear Bill, I don't even think they make one. Never mind, scratch that, Dear Bill and Katie. They do, they do you. make one. They do? Dear, yeah, Dear Bill and Katie, please just send it to my gym. Thank you. <laughs> a lap pull-down machine and a Stairmaster. Uh, Sunil Matwani, Trump or DeSantis? I haven't even, I don't know. Here's the thing. I, I think I no Trump's kind of pigeonholed it, right? Because he has enough to where, like, so what happens if they um, they don't want him as a Republican primary? I need to see who the Democrats are running first before I decide. Well, do you think he still just runs? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who, 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 DeSantis? No, Trump. Oh, I don't know. I have no idea. I actually, I just, I'll tell you, I saw him uh, like just openly attacking DeSantis and I didn't like, I just. I, well, of I mean, course he, he I has to. Put my blinders up. Like I was like, no, no, don't talk to me. I don't want to hear that kind of shit. Yeah. I, I mean, um, I forget where I heard this listening to it, but they were talking about essentially like if, if, 
if the argument was if that if Trump doesn't make the Republican primary, he'll just run as an independent. So there's essentially kind of you like he's almost pigeonholed them a little bit to like you either got to embrace it or you're going to have one hell of a of a fight on your hands because now you're going to have this person who could self fund already has a massive following and is now going to run as an independent. Referencing DeSantis. Referencing Trump. Oh, Trump has. Right, right. But referencing DeSantis is the one who would have to run as an independent. No, Trump would run as independent. Like if the Republican oh. Party said we want DeSantis instead of Trump, we're not going to make him the, the oh, primary. Oh, I see what you're candidate. saying. Okay. Then Trump just says, "Okay, now I'm going to run as an independent and just expose both sides." You know what I mean? Yeah. So I, I mean, like I said, I'm just more or less just. Can't we all get along? Here, Kumbaya. Yeah. Uh, Caller, hi. What's up, Savon? It's Philip Kelly. Oh, Philip, what's up, brother? I was just going to comment about the. Uh, I'm in the middle. I'm in the middle of working out, but um, I was just going to comment about the uh, the I'm way the uh, the you were. I know, I know. I'm watching. I'm listening. Okay. But uh, I was going to comment about the uh, the way you were describing looking at the people at like the Arnold when you were younger, yeah. and the reason why I just commented in the chat about the CrossFit Games athletes. I think that it's very easy for us people who do CrossFit to get used to seeing people look the way that they do, not just at the CrossFit games, but even just in our affiliates that we almost become numb to it. And for the general population who doesn't do CrossFit, they are numb to the way most Americans look overweight, unhealthy. Oh yes. Everyone recalibrates to their environment. I see what you're saying there. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Right, right, exactly. Yes. So it's like when somebody says that's weird, I always think, well, what's weird? I mean, everybody's definition of weird is their own and what what is normal. Um, so to us, the way CrossFitters look, to us, it's normal. To the outsiders, like, I mean, the, uh, I'm going to use the way um, women in particular can look if they're doing CrossFit. And they may get ridiculed from other people. If, if let's say the girl is particularly ripped, maybe they have more muscle. Like maybe their muscles are showing more in their arms, all that sort of thing. Um, to the outsiders, and maybe even to some of their. I've had friends who they've gotten criticized from other people outside of CrossFit and accused of doing steroids, for example, just because the girl can do pull ups. Yeah, for and, sure. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, when I go, my wife is jacked, and when we go out, it can be a scene sometimes. And, uh, I, I, and, and I, when I first started CrossFit, I thought, holy shit, how are these chicks so muscular? I didn't think they were on steroids, but I just thought it was weird. And, and I fully like, don't think it's weird at all. Like now I go the opposite. I'm looking at these runners bodies and I'm like, so you're right. I adapted. You're right. Yeah. We no, it's, I think it's just, it's probably just human nature too. Right. But, uh, but yeah, like the, the way, the way the CrossFit games app, we're, we're used to seeing these people look like this. Right. And, uh, um, outsiders, of course, they see what happens at the games and they, they apply that and think that it's what happens in the affiliates. And that's not necessarily the case. Most of us are normal people who are just trying to be healthy. Um, Hey, the same things know. with boobs, the same things with boobs, <laughs> Yeah, nice, true. Very health, true. nice, healthy boobs that have a good dangle to them on a 50 year old woman <laughs> that no, no, these idiots have lost their ability to appreciate all boobs because if they don't look like fucking water balloons cut in half they can they, they they've ruined it for themselves you know it's yeah. like it's like when i was a kid i used to think a hairless cat was disgusting now i'm like fuck i wish i owned a hairless cat 
I've broadened my ability to enjoy more things. <laughs> it, I, I was wrong before. Yeah. It's yeah. Yeah. Everyone, yeah, everyone recalibrated to liking fucking cyborgs instead of just, well, it's just uh, like not, not to take it further, but it's just like with, I'm going to, I'm going to take us way off into another realm, but just like with the pushing of boundaries of things and agendas and, you know, um, Jordan Peterson has described this where they just do it slowly and they back up a little bit and then they push a little bit more and then they back up a little bit and Three they keep pushing, forward, and pushing, pushing yeah. yep. until, until, you know, people go, wait, how the, how did we get here? How did this happen? And it's like, well, you let it happen. Right. So we get used to like the environment that we're in, I guess, uh, you know, right. And then nothing becomes shocking anymore. Right. Not even Balenciaga ads with kids in them. Yeah, we 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 let our school we we sent our kids to schools because it was supposed to help them. That's and and then and then now they've turned into indoctrination camps. Yeah, we 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 gave yeah. the entire world a, a forced injection to thinking it would help the world, and now it's like everyone's like, "Oh shit!" Have you seen? Have you ever seen this video of Dr. Fauci talking about how they can't give out? Um, uh, even if they did come up with a, a vaccine for AIDS, it would take twelve years. Because that the long-lasting effects of vaccines, what it could have on the general population, or it could be uh, devastating. Have you ever seen that video? Yeah, it's fucking scary. Yeah, he's scary. I stood up because I have to pee, and so I'm like doing it, and I saw, and I'm stretching <laughs> a little bit because it's cold. For those who are wondering what I'm doing. Oh man! Look, 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 All right, look, well, look, 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 I'll look let you get back to it. I'm listening while I work out. So. Okay, cool. You get back to working out. Thank you. Bye. All right, take care. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, now you're restricted by the cord. What are you doing? I got my foot and I'm holding my big toe. Don't try this at home, people. Nice. Are those those born primitive pants? They are. Yeah, I got that same color. Those are nice, huh? Oh my God, they're so nice. So it was, in my whole entire life, I've never just spent a day in sweats. I never even wore sweats. I... Uh, yesterday I went to yeah, had my morning Bloody Mary in these. I never changed them. I just took them off at one point, but Long John's underneath them. Awesome! That parking lot right behind that uh, window right there is where I sat with my car when it wouldn't start. It yes. was parked on that, <laughs> and I just chilled out there for a while. All right, um, let's finish on this one. I don't know what it says, but it's two eighty three, and it's called Honor Women. Honor Women. I have to. Oh, I just saw it. That's so funny. This popped up in my in my thing too, and I just watched this not that long ago. Oh yeah, this is good. Before you start, it's perfectly okay. It's perfectly okay to honor women. It's not sexist. I can see how you could twist it that way if you wanted to. But it's perfectly okay to honor women. It's perfectly okay to treat women differently um, uh, than than you than you might treat uh, a forty year old woman differently than you might treat an eighteen year old man. It's perfectly okay if a woman uh, gets on the bus, a pregnant woman gets on the bus, and you stand up and give her your spot. It, it, you can't, you're not going to be able to talk me out of that. You're not going to be able to it, call me a sexist for that. If you if I have to own it at that point, then then so be it. I am. I was raised that way. I'm happy to be that way. I would stand for an older man. I would stand for a mom with a young kid. 
There's things that I will do for women that I won't do for an 18-year-old boy. Not bad things. I don't let I don't let my wife walk on the outside of the street where the cars are. When I cross the street and I'm with my wife, I never just worry about myself. I worry about her always. I'm never I, I God, I hope not. You know, maybe I slip up once in a while, but I'm always concerned about even before I had kids. I don't look for threats for myself when I'm um, when I'm by myself, like I do when I'm with my wife. I make sure that you know things are safe for her. Mm-hmm. I might I might pop two Advil for myself or four Advil for myself and never think twice. If my wife gets Advil, I'll make sure that the seal was on already and I'll read the back mm-hmm. and like like I I just do those things for my woman. And and I'm perfectly okay with it. Call me sexist. I don't give a fuck. Okay. Like, excuse me. I see two sisters standing. Why are the sisters standing and the brothers sitting? If we want to sit, we can ask. Well, you ladies got to speak up for yourselves. Say 40 years ago. There's no statute of limitations on uh, chivalry. That's gendered and sexist. And polite. And patronizing. And polite. What kind of law do you practice? I'm a criminal defense attorney. You ever represent domestic violence defendants? Many times. Knowing that they're guilty? Meaning what? Meaning you have a choice. Watch it. Someday you may need the Sixth Amendment. Oh, that's lawyer talk. <laughs> oh, I see. So we got a Sarah Lawrence old sister in the van. Oh, I'm not your sister, asshole. Oh, whoa, whoa. I'm not an asshole. I'm sorry. God, Denzel's so good. Denzel's yeah. a good one in real life, too. If you, haven't, if you ever haven't watched that guy in a sit-down interview, uh, it, it's, it's so interesting. I saw this interview of him one time. And he doesn't do, uh, he uses a body double or he doesn't do movies where he has to kiss another woman or do sex scenes with another woman because of his, uh, because of his wife. Hmm. And a younger Sevon may have been like, that's stupid. But an older Sevon, I fucking, I respect the game. I respect the game, brother. That's like. Yeah. And he has the ability to do that. He could just pick and choose because he's such a stud. So any movie he's going to touch or take a part in, it's gold. Like yeah, look at Trish. That's what I would have said. That's what I'd have said too. Yeah, I didn't. I'm just an actor. I didn't enjoy fondling her titties. That that's the thing. <laughs> at some point, at some point, you realize we're all just actors. Oh, Trish commented oh, that just right now. Oh, Damn, no, Trish. Trish is on it. I saw that, and the one thought I had at the beginning too is like, um, when they're like, "No, it's sexist or it's patronizing or something like that." I, I was like, I, I thought it was just acknowledgement. Like yeah. when we were in there, we were kids and like my grandpa was sitting at the table or whatever. And like your mom or your aunt or somebody walks in. It was like, what are you boys doing? Get up. Acknowledge champion here. There's not enough seat. Move over. That's yes. her seat now. Grab your plate. Go stand in the fucking corner. Give your yes. aunt the seat. So it was like, it was like an acknowledgement, acknowledgement of respect. And then that way the whole entire room kind of knows. And if you, like she said, well, we'll take it back 40 years. Of course, there are a lot of, you know things that were different but if you take it back that far or anything else anytime a, a a woman entered the room usually all the men would stand out of respect for her entering the room and then somebody would open a chair she would sit down everybody would sit you know what i mean then it would be set down i just always thought that that was like respect and uh an acknowledgement not so much of like a a sexist or anything beyond that just polite just respectful acknowledgement polite just like if you see uh my mom would carry in the groceries, and if my brother and I were sitting on in the living room, and my dad came home, and my mom was carrying the groceries, you get crushed. 
What in the world? Why? <laughs> You're letting your mom carry those groceries. She worked all day. Then she went and bought those. And you little assholes are just going to sit there on the couch. And then it would be like you got up and did the groceries. And then it would be done. You come back in the room and be like, what are you doing in here? This isn't sit down TV time. Get the fuck. Go outside. And that was it. And then sometimes you'd play with the garage open. And if it was uh, we were too loud, he'd just shut the garage. And then you'd be stuck out on the street. <laughs> Get outside. I, I, I'd say that um, more than 50% of the opportunities I've had in my life. Opportunities isn't the right word. I'd say 50% of the things that happened to me that I'm happy with in my life out of the 100% of things I'm happy with are because of the the manners my mom and dad taught me. Hmm. It's so easy. You can just tra- train a kid to be polite. Yeah. Hey, you were hanging out at a park when the boys had a new friend? Uh, When? Recently. I just saw it posted up on Haley's thing in the story where somebody posted... You, the boys, and her all hanging out at a park. Oh, we uh, so what's dude? It's crazy. Newport's crazy. It, I know it, because it, I saw who posted it, and I was like, "Holy shit!" This is like she's like some catcher who had some signature glove and everything else. Dude, she's uh, so. Last time I was here, I met this dude. This yeah, man. that's when I was with you. Yeah, yeah. And this man is a uh, I don't know how old he is. Let's say he's a little older than me, 60 years old. And he, and he was a cop and he was, and he's also invested a lot in real estate. And so he sat down and I was just picking his brain on real estate investing. And then I made his daughter. Maybe I met his daughter first. I can't remember that. Oh, I thought you were talking about the ex uh, professional hockey player. I oh, him too. Oh, him. this is way better. Well, yeah. That's how I was like, that was the other this, time I was with you. This one's crazy. This is, this one's crazy. So, so, so basically anyway, I, she, she's a, um, a correspondent for ESPN. She fucking knows everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And so we made, I made friends with her and her dad and she has three sisters who all played, I think softball and UCL at UCLA. There's four of them I think uh, all his daughters got scholarships to UCLA playing. So just a, a crazy overachiever family raised by a cop, just great fucking people. And, uh, I got their phone numbers last time I left and this time when we were coming into town, my wife called the lady and she's like, hey, do you want to hang out? And they came in yesterday. We all went to the park together. And just I don't want to share too many stories yet, but uh, the number of opportunity when you live somewhere like this and you have a podcast is nuts. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to move down here. I, I didn't know. believe all that bullshit. Like when they'd be like, oh, you got to be here. It's going to change it. You're going to make the networking. I was always like, ah, yeah, not really. But then even in just the short amount of time we've spent there, it's always I like instantly. I was like, oh, okay. It's like, we're just having a conversation with that guy. He had his daughter. You're like, oh, you let the daughter play in the bouncy house. Like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I was a pro hockey player. And now I have this podcast. And we're like, oh, and you get chatting, you get looking at each other up online. You're like, holy shit. You know, it really is true. There are people to network down there, especially in the media space. That's for sure. Yeah. This is where uh, rich people come to die for sure. (laughs) Not Florida. Uh, There too. There too. All right, guys. Uh, Yeah, I'm doing P-Dance. Thank you very much for uh, tuning in. Uh, We will see you guys tomorrow. Uh, I suspect we're going to do something later on today. I've reached out to the boys uh, and um, sorry, the gentleman and uh, um on our uh, Dubai championships thread. And I think we are going to do a show later on today, recapping uh, what happened. So stay tuned. If you want to hang out and talk shit, look, my nose. that's the first time. Uh, maybe not the first time. Okay. <laughs> my nose bumped the mic. All right. Bye guys. I will uh, see you guys later. Souza, Matthew Souza. Thank you. Caleb. Later. Of course we miss you to death today. Bye-bye. Adios.